he was like, yeah, I just didn't get really good fuck. So I just, I just <laughs> thought, I just thought I won't talk. I thought, yeah. brother, brother, this is our content machine. That's right. You can't not give a fuck. You have to fake enthusiasm, oh. fake passion. He was having game just sense. Like this is the loudest I've spoken Austin in ten Butler, years. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that that's, was, that's not true. That's Absolutely not the loudest you've spoken in ten seconds. I have, I have high school teachers that will attest to that. <laughs> Welcome once again aboard Beef Station. Join us as we rocket through the stars at the speed of sound. I'm Oscar. Hey, Dawn. I'm Andrew. Hey, how are we doing? Uh, so last time... No, how are you doing? How are we doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. <laughs> Do you answer how are we doing when someone asks you how you're doing? <laughs> hey, going, Oscar. How are we doing? Try and deflect. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. How are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, this is, of course, our movie podcast where every week we give you spoiler-free reviews of a official movie, one official movie of the program. Uh, before we uh, then spoil it, we give you warnings before we spoil it. Uh, uh, we talk about other stuff. We talk about news. We talk about current events. Uh, we keep you updated. We keep you informed. Last time, uh, I was accused of not giving our very special guest a proper introduction. So here goes. Uh, Zach, welcome to the program. <laughs> Did you forget my name? <laughs> No, no, he I forgot what it, a proper introduction was. <laughs> I, th- I thought it would be so. He just did that one he instead. He set the bar too high. I thought it would be funny to like dox you and like give out like uh, your full name and like address and stuff. Yeah, but then I realized he told me to bring a bugle, and then he didn't give me a fucking <laughs> chance to use it. Then I you realized- said you'd cue me in, dude. Yeah. And then I realized like I could get halfway through saying your like address, and then people are gonna be like, "Bro, what the fuck are you doing?" Because I didn't brief you, and so I thought. It- then I thought it would be funny. Yeah, did uh, you? To just, yeah. <laughs> to just say he no, is, that's all right. he is. And none that's of that okay. translated on Mike, but it all flashed across his eyes in a single look of terror. So Zach's back. It. Zach's back very quickly because. Yeah. Uh, so welcome good. to the program, Zach. I'm, I'm Zach's stuck back, on, baby. Um, <laughs> I am. Good. I am now. In Walks fact, in to I've the office every morning. It says <laughs> Zach's back, baby. Yeah, he yeah. wakes up. Zach's back, baby. That still doesn't make any sense. I'm not allowed to talk in the office. Yeah, that's right. I'm still in the beef station. I never left. That's true. Rolling around like that, like life with Ryan Reynolds, <laughs> right. alien from life. Welcome, Zach. Thanks for coming back. Thank you for having me. Zach is indeed back. Mm. Um, we, and we... I'm back every second Saturday on the local <laughs> 2CC at 11.30 a.m. if you want to hear me on the radio. So you're going to have to, listeners, get hold of an a.m. radio. <laughs> That's right. So you'll have to find your oldest relative. <laughs> <laughs> and see what on last Saturday. <laughs> no. Yeah, you were on last Saturday. Yeah, yeah. This okay, so listeners, you should know by now how long it takes to edit. So he was on last Saturday <laughs> as of when we were recording this. It takes us about a week and a half to edit. So you figure out <laughs> when it is <laughs> exactly on it put us on the fucking clock, Jesus. dude. <laughs> God damn. Mm-hmm. That's so, funny. <clears throat> This week we're doing uh, we're covering this week. <laughs> Tim Allen just walked in the room. <laughs> Play it again. This week we're doing the jo- we're giving you our spoiler-free review of Jordan Peele's new film. Nope. Yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Uh, nah. Nah. Forget it. <laughs> I said, I said nope. You said yep. Listeners, do do your own. You can figure that one out for yourself. It's actually been an annoying title it film sucks. to mention to people because if people are really not in the know for films, they frown what and if, think you're a fucking idiot. Brother, if they're not in the know about this film, they're not in the nope. Oh, very good. 
you might want to not in the yep. They're not in the notes. Can you explain that to me? Actually, I think I. All right, so uh, we're going to be covering. Do you know what he? We're going to be covering that film. Listen, as God, I hope we've cut out the last three minutes because I know it's unlistenable. (laughs) No, no, no. Um, Here we go. So we're going to do a bit of news first. Here we go. We can probably kick into the music. Nice. Ready to go? Yes, I love it. (laughs) Do it. Beef bullet. Mm. Zach, what the fuck was that? I don't know. I need <laughs> some stuff. <laughs> I harmonized. Brother, this isn't fucking John Coltrane <laughs> and his three little birds. This is fucking. This is fucking Beethoven. Oh, this is Beethoven. This is Brahms. You might not be Charlie Bird, Jesus. but he'll still throw a fucking symbol at your head for that. <laughs> <laughs> fuck yeah, brother. That's yeah. Freddie Mac listeners that are over 75. <laughs> or watched Whiplash, which is how I yeah, know what it. What the fuck? Oh, okay, what fine. are you talking about? <laughs> He's talking about actually listening to those musicians. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fuck. Okay, great. So uh, here we go. Uh, bit of news. Great. Bit of current affairs. Bit of light entertainment. All right. Syria. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty close. Sean Penn and Ben Stiller are permanently banned from Russia. Okay. The two actors have both oh, yeah. visited and supported Ukraine amidst the ongoing war. Uh, that's it. I think the article was just about how um, uh, they're still banned. They're that's still banned. Uh, and that's that's kind of the whole story. Article's actually about cancel culture. Yep. <laughs> Russia canceled. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe right. not as funny as I thought it was. You probably, you know, probably not funny. But I was just reading through looking for funny headlines, and then Jeez. it was like funny headline, funny headline, funny headline. Ben still a ban from Russia. And I thought, oh fuck, sucks to be. Problem ben is, still. those two. Uh, I feel like they got the. They're in the right age demographic to just be like big liberals. You know what I mean? Yeah, Alec Baldwin kind of types. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so it's not particularly funny. If it was like um, Zendaya <laughs> has been banned from Russia. No, you're right. That's like, funny. That's pretty funny. Wait, yeah. All right. It's because they filmed stuff in. Uh, Ukraine, it's because they went and like visited and supported yeah. it and shit. Yeah, they did some documentary filming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yep. That's it. All That's right. good stuff. That's a it's a huge risk. Like I've got a funny news story. So starts with Ukraine, right? All right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Fine. How's this one? Okay. You mock me for funny news stories. How's this? Johnny's just getting joker. Not all we mock you for, mate. Johnny Depp once yeah, gave. He, he says you wouldn't get it. <laughs> How's this? Johnny Depp once gave Kate Moss a diamond oh, necklace that he pulled out of the crack of his ass. Quote from Kate Moss, they were the first diamonds I ever owned. Kate Moss has revealed that she was once gifted a diamond necklace by Johnny Depp that he had pulled out of the crack of his ass. This reads like, do you, know that, do you know Clickhole, how they do those, <laughs> how they do those interviews where it's like, uh, killing a puppy, and then it'll be like... Uh, Johnny Depp on something he's never done but always wanted to do. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like Kate Moss does, just like it? he pulled them from his asshole. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at an out, uh, th- the model who was in a relationship with Depp between 1994 and 1998, uh, recalled the memory during some video during some interview she did. Looking at an <laughs> outfit from 1995. Uh, it was this dress that she was wearing and she said oh that's the diamond necklace that Johnny gave me they were the first diamonds I ever owned he pulled them out of the crack of his ass and we were going whoever was interviewing was like we were go- this is a great bit yeah, say what you will about Johnny Depp this is a great bit yeah, we, we were go. going out for dinner yeah. and he said I've got, some- I've got something in my bum can you have a look and I was like what and I put my hand down his trousers and pulled out a diamond necklace yeah right great bit 
I know it smelled crazy in there. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, th- th- these I've got I've got some absolute stinkers this week. You all are making me insecure. <laughs> I just it's like to think that that's the that, only yeah. public comment that Kate Moss has made on any of the Amber Heard <laughs> Johnny Depp trial. <laughs> oh yeah, he shoved a diamond necklace up his ass. Yeah. Um, do you reckon how deep do you reckon they were in there? And what was the setup? Do you think he like? Do you think he kind of like he got fully dressed? Everything's all kind of like tucked in. He untucks his shirt a bit and sort of like just like drops them in there. So they're sort of just sitting on the pressed ass cheeks. <laughs> or do you think he? He inserted that them shit. Yeah. before he got dressed. He absorbed something. Yeah, and then he like held his <laughs> ass cheeks together. Do you know what I mean? Like, Well, I suppose like, he would have to because the alternative is that he's like... Well, I don't know. Either way is weird, I suppose. Because like, if he completely got dressed and had the diamond necklace, it was like, you know what? Diamond necklace isn't enough. It needs another bit of, uh, <laughs> a bit of pizzazz. I feel like if you're wearing it long enough, wearing it, if it's down your pants long enough, problem is it's ending up in your taint. Yeah, and that's sort a sweaty of no way area. to avoid it. Like, did they walk to the restaurant, or did he like? Was he walking? Was he like penguin waddling to the table? She's like, she's like, that's the diamond necklace that was up my ass, and they're like, did you walk to the restaurant? Yeah. <laughs> How did that happen? <laughs> we needed to. This needed to be in some way uh, admitted in evidence in the trial, so that we could cross-examine. Yeah, it extremely about good What shit. the fuck Man, happened? Based on everything else that got admitted, it probably wasn't far off. Yeah, to be exactly. Honest. Yeah. yeah. Um, another one, an interesting one. That's uh, not as fu- I was going to say. Not as happy funny with as the that level ones. of engagement on the no, last story. Not is really. That not really very happy with it. No. <laughs> um, uh, here's what. Here's one. So John Krasinski, uh, who I feel like people love to hate on online, but the last two movies he's done have been pretty good. I mean, he did a Quiet Place. Yeah, that was great. Just, everything on screen is great. Everything off screen is fucking. He seems like a bit of a. He just seems like a bit of a dork. CIA head. He just won't shut the think, fuck up about the CIA. I don't think that's the reason most people don't like him. <laughs> I think like people think problem, his, his good news thing was like a bit of a dorky, lame move. Uh, and he's just famous as being the guy on the good office. Good news thing. Yeah, did you say that? What? He, did, he, 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 he um, during the COVID pandemic, like at the height of it, when everyone was like having online friend meetups and stuff. Mm. He started like a YouTube channel that was like good news, and it was just like every week he would make a video about like cute puppies and like stuff like that. Oh, I don't and know. And then he ended up that. selling it to some media corporation for like twenty million dollars. That rules. Yeah, <laughs> money laundering. Um, anyway, how's this? Um, so there's uh, John Krasinski's coming out with a new movie soon, and there's a bit of casting updates. The interesting bit about this is that I think the last ones he didn't write. Quiet Place. I think he just directed it and the script was written by someone else but in any case he's writing and directing this and he's going to be starring in it uh, alongside Steve Carell uh, Ryan Reynolds and Phoebe Waller-Bridge oh it was kind of a weird cast Mm. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't really say much about the movie here but it says that it's going to be based on an original idea of Krasinski's about a child's journey to rediscover their imagination so I don't, I don't know. Well, I don't know what the fuck that means, but uh, you know they're, they're starting. They're starting filming soon. That's pretty cool, dude. Phoebe Waller Bridge. Playback. Yeah, yeah, I'm aware. I'm familiar. We've met. Um, <laughs> Miss Miss Bridge. Isn't she in the next? She's in. She's like doing action. Franchise stuff now. Yeah, right? they got rid of that rule where you're only allowed to be in one movie at a time. So she's okay. Cool. She's booked a All few. Right. That's good to you fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um, Take what happened there was I heard a news story like today, but I can't Jesus. fucking remember what it was, and it was that Phoebe Waller-Bridge was involved in some action movie franchise. But I right, can't remember. Okay. So Indiana boo-hoo. Jones, maybe. 
Yeah, that could be it. Yeah, right. Where you were you 10 seconds ago, <laughs> motherfucker? You knew what I meant. Too busy roasting you. Yeah. Um, did you guys see that? Did you guys left see out to fucking dry after I got rinsed. Did you, did you guys see the trailer for the Weird Al movie? Yes. Uh, no. The new I'm one? Not, but I Dude, it looks sick. So it's Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently, Weird Al, Al like, approved the casting. Yeah, it cool. looks sick. And like he apparently like lent Daniel Radcliffe his actual accordion so that he could learn <laughs> oh, the accordion. Really? The trailer... Uh, half of There's the no tra- need for that. They yeah. could have gotten an equipment yeah. from someone. Half of the trailer is a shot-for-shot shot remake of the Funny or Die Weird Al movie sketch from like nine years ago. Mm. <laughs> you can watch them side by side. And all- so the Funny or Die thing is like, wouldn't it be funny if they made a Weird Al movie? And so they've deliberately put those scenes, I guess, in the Weird Al movie so that they can cut the trailer together to make to recreate the Funny or Die sketch. But it's a real fucking movie. That's funny. Like, there's a bit where Weird Al is yelling at his band, being like, you guys are all normal, I'm the weird one. (laughs) (laughs) It looks like it's going to be like a, like a, um, like a satire of biopics. Musical biopics, In general. Which seems sick. That's cool. That's right up Daniel Radcliffe's alley. That's good stuff. Yeah, I I, I still love, every time he comes up, he's king shit that he can just like, pick whatever the fuck he wants to do. uh, He also is a much better casting like he's much better cast than I would have thought for. Weird yeah, Al. when I saw it on like paper, him. I was like, "What the fuck?" And yeah, I saw images, weird. and I was like, "Oh yeah, great." And I think he does an okay American accent too. So yeah, it looks great. It's it's doing that thing in the trailer. It showed that like the music is like Weird Al. The music is like Weird Al <laughs> singing. Uh, that's the only bit that sat weirdly when I was watching him sing, and I was like, mm, "That's not that his just voice. sounds like Weird Al." Yeah, exactly. And so that's the mm. bit that I sort of couldn't. I think the other ones they do where it's the actor singing, I, I like a lot more. The only thing I want to add is, um, have you guys heard about Darren Aronofsky's um, The Whale? Have you heard about this film? Yeah, yeah. that was that was mm. my last headline in case the last well, one. Fuck you! It's my last headline. Well, I was going to say that was the last <laughs> headline I was going to have in case the last one got cut out. Uh, well, I'm adding it back in. <laughs> yeah, uh, Brendan Brendan Fraser. That's right. uh, Got a, a big wholesome ass uh, standing ovation. Standing ovation right. at the yeah. end of the Venice Film Festival for his playing a morbidly obese man who's basically suffering from intense depression. Um, I haven't read too much about it intentionally, but basically it, it opens with Fuck him. Yeah, brother. He's very Imagine. overweight. He's a, like an adult um, teacher, like teaching other adults English and stuff. And apparently he lies about his camera not working because he's very self-conscious about how intensely overweight he is. The film opens with him masturbating to gay porn and suffering a heart attack Hell because yeah. of how, how, how overweight he is. And apparently like he's... His partner's died. He's left his wife and kids for, or kid for the for the partner that's died. And he's basically very much suffering. And apparently he's very good in the film. And the reason I found out about the film is because The Guardian hated on it, which is how I know it's probably good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, maybe. I love Brendan I don't know. Fraser as well. It's A24 as well, by the so way. So Aronofsky, uh, the director, uh, has done some stuff that listeners, because I know listeners of this podcast don't actually watch films. They just listen to our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, he directed Black Swan. He also directed Mother. Oh, he loves, he loves, um, he loves a fucked up movie. And he directed uh, <laughs> Requiem for a Dream, I think. Uh, okay. So, like, yeah, he he loves his, his misery and his kind of, like, torturing of his characters. So, mm. um, I really liked Black Swan. I fucking hated Mother. I haven't seen any of his other stuff. Uh, so, I will see this. Um, Brendan Fraser, as much as I don't like the parasocial stuff, Brendan Fraser... Um, People might not know it got a big resurgence recently, but Brendan Fraser was basically sexually molested by a Hollywood executive and spoke out about it and was blacklisted for 15 years. So that's why yeah. he hasn't done anything mm. since he did like the mummy and shit. Also in the divorce proceedings with his wife, apparently he had to keep paying 
um, like payments to her based off the, the amount he was earning for the mummy. But because of that blacklisting, he wasn't he earning wasn't as earning much. Any money. So apparently he's been like bankrupt for a decade because That's he's crazy. being charged like the amounts that he would have been if he had have still been a famous movie star. Right. And so apparently it's so just been this heavy him. depression train for him and it's like really fucked oh, up. Poor bloke. And now he's I like really coming like out of it and he's like getting a whole heap of recognition, yeah, which is so, really so cool. So seeing 16, I mean, I don't know about all the, I don't know about the, the, the wife shit, but I know about, um, yeah, he was bailed up by a Hollywood exec who, who grabbed his dick and then he tried to speak out about it in like an early kind of like sort of a male Me Too type thing and yeah, was, was just completely blacklisted for it. Mm. So That's crazy. The fact that he's getting standing ovations now, it just feels like a little bit of like, God, he fucking deserves a break. Yeah, yeah um, poor bloke. And <laughs> I've always, I always, I mean, he's one of those guys who, uh, he kind of, I know that they, he's more of a checkered past, but like, yeah. he reminds me of Jim Carrey, where like his on-screen presence just kind of can't help but make you love the guy. Yeah, yeah especially so, since like everyone of our generation, he's yeah, like, he's like a big one, childhood kind of thing, massive. So yeah. I don't know. It's it's yeah. really nice. <laughs> I just hope he. His other big thing that the most expensive film we'll never watch, Bad Girl. <laughs> oh yeah, true. He was in yeah. Bad Bad Girl. Was supposed to be his like uh, one big like Firefly. He was the villain. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. That would have insane how close to being finished that film was, and then something. Zach was like, yeah. better if it's a tax so my rebate. Tax write off. Fucking yeah. That's why that got he's, been, yeah. he's been a bit of a wait for a while. I don't know. I mean, clearly part of that is the fact that he's been going through some shit for years, and maybe part of it yeah. is that I think he gained the weight for the movie. I hope he's all right. I hope he's doing good. Yeah, he just, it just seems like a guy who deserves a fucking break. So it's kind of nice in it's a very way. Very cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, oh, well. Uh, not 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 the the best uh, m- most hilarious news uh, segment of all time. Last one was pretty good though, wasn't we it? Did all right. Last time was pretty good. Glad I, glad I saved it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you fucking wish, mate. Uh, okay, so uh, <coughs> next segment. Here we go. Uh, what what's the name of this fucking beefness or pleasure? beefness or pleasure? Fuck. Business. Pleasure. Business. Pleasure. Business. Pleasure. Business. Uh, okay, so every week. Yeah. <laughs> Can't get his segments right. That's right. Uh, <laughs> Beefness or pleasure is, of course, the segment where uh, every week we watch an official movie for the program. We all agree. We all watch 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 the same movie. We take <laughs> notes. We watch Nerd Rider videos. Uh, we report our findings to you. Yeah. But as well as that, we have special time yeah, off. Right. We have time where where in, instead of spending time on our business, uh, our beefness. We spend time on our pleasure <laughs> as well. So these are uh, this is the segment where we talk about other stuff we've watched. Uh, it's very similar to the rest of the podcast, but it means that we have that fun opening that you just listen to. So so here we go. Yeah, it was um, an excuse for a theme. That's right. So uh, I don't know who wants to go first about what they've other watched. I've watched some stuff. I, I've watched one thing that I wanted to talk about straight up while I'm talking. <laughs> Since you're talking, go Since ahead. I'm talking, you've got the well. conch. Sure. Uh, all right. So I watched uh, the new George Miller film, Three Thousand Years of Longing. If there is fate. Who can say? But in the Grand Bazaar of Istanbul, I chose a memento. I like it. Whatever it is, I'm sure it has an interesting story. So, 
for? What will you wish for? What is your heart's desire? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. that's on now my you're list. You're not allowed to tell me fucking anything about like. this. So oh, enjoy really? this bit. Well, I saw what he <laughs> rated you it. Can't as. talk. It's already gave me too much. Info. Um. Yeah. Okay. Well, do you want me to talk about it then or not? Uh, like, I want to. Is hear that not that? Surely that's our next app, right? I don't know. It's kind of a big dis- movie. Are we having this? <laughs> having this discussion? Yeah, let's have it now. <laughs> State your fucking case. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll, g- I'll give a little short, like, here's what I thought, kind of thing. Okay. Then, um, so I think that. So the movie, if anyone does, uh, George Miller is the guy that did Mad Max. This is his next movie. Uh, he also did uh, Mad Max Mad Max Fury Road. Mad Max Thunderdome. Yeah. <laughs> Tilda Swinton uh, <laughs> is the star of the movie. She plays a narratologist, which I don't know if it's a real thing, but the movie a is what? like... It's she's an like an, and She's an academic that studies myths and legends. Oh. Uh, and the movie kind of very loosely, very vaguely sets her up as having like a troubled, lonely childhood and uh, the stories were her escape and that's why she loves stories or whatever. And yep. So she, she travels to Turkey for some conference. Uh, it's based on a short story? I think so, yeah. yeah. She travels to Turkey for some conference uh, and finds this like genie bottle, basically. And Idris Elba is the genie in the bottle. Uh, and uh, gives her style. the standard. <laughs> gives her the standard. Oh, how'd you go about? It's my Ron Williams impression. How oh, glad that's not your Small. Idris Elba impression. <laughs> it's probably more Will Smith, to be honest. But, uh, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, um, Idris Elba gives her like the standard genie spiel of like uh, <laughs> three, wi- standard three wishes, spiel. blah blah blah. Three wishes. You can't kill anyone. Uh, you can't. No, wish for you wish can't, for be, wish in a, for you can't be in another fucking podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then track. like, uh, he's like, oh, I've got to like, um, I got to grant three wishes, and I get my freedom. And then most of the movie, and I think this is something that's good. That three I'm, wishes away from retirement. Friend, friend, <laughs> <laughs> fuck yeah. Friend of the show, Laura, set me up with this one. I think it helped a bit because I think you're like, oh fuck yeah, it's a genie. Uh, lady gets three wishes and she has like unlimited power. I wonder what she's gonna do. It feels like it's gonna be this like crazy. She's action. gonna wish to look like one of the weirdest motherfuckers <laughs> in Hollywood. Did, did the trailer wish granted? Did the trailer give the correct vibe of this movie? Well, where it's so, kind of ran because you've seen the trailer. I've seen the trailer yeah. heaps. It's been playing for months. Well, so I've only seen the trailer once, but the, so oh, okay. the, the impression I got from the movie because I kind of wanted to see it, so I didn't watch the trailer that much. Was that yeah. the impression I got? I couldn't avoid it. Man. Well, so the, the impression yes, I got. Nah, impossible. Uh, yeah. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Not my, you. my turn Not to speak. Is that right? I'm talking to him. You fucking right. idiot. So that's Im- how he feels. The impression, <laughs> <laughs> the impression that I got that sucks. Was that the movie was going to be this like action crazy thrill ride ad- action adventure type thing? Yeah, uh, and it's kind of not. So most of the movie is like a bottle episode. That oh. happens inside a hotel room. So they are in that hotel room for genie a long bottle. Time. Yeah, a genie bottle episode. You yeah. need to speak up. Fuck yeah, brother. <laughs> I don't know what he. I that, I don't know what he means. What's a bottle episode? What a bottle episode is You've like. Never heard that it's, like a, it's like a famous oh. uh, trope of sitcoms where like an episode happens all within the one location, oh. and it's often. So in this case, it's like well, they're all the, the whole episode is in the hotel room, and they're telling a story about something that happened in the past. Yeah, right. And, and I don't so know that why happens it's a lot. A bottle episode, yeah. but it's been done since Friends and Seinfeld. And stuff. Yeah, and so. Maybe even before that. Yeah, and so in this one, it's like so the whole, the whole, basically the whole movie is the genie, bottle, um, so. the genie telling <laughs> the stories of all the different people that he almost granted three wishes to and failed. Oh, he's like, if I grant three wishes, I'm free. So um, here's all the all the other masters I've had in the past, going back thousands of fucking oh, years. I thought it was um, just going to be his origin, and then it just jumped forward. That sounds like an interesting premise. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool, and so. 
the the things I really liked about the movie, uh, all of the visual stuff and all of the set design and all of the stuff where it shows you like Istan- design. Istanbul and all that stuff like back like sort of hundreds of years and then thousands of years ago, all that shit. Three thousand um, years. Fuck yeah. So that, that bit's great. The bit that I didn't like as much... The story. Um, not ruining it for you guys that haven't seen it. It's just that like... um. There's certain beats and certain emotional character development, character progression type stuff that I felt was a bit unearned and not necessarily very convincing in a way where the way that the movie tried to place the characters by the end of the movie, I thought, I don't really feel like you've given me enough uh, enough time with these characters or enough enough examples of characters in these sorts of emotional situations to earn the ending that you've just given me that wraps mm, it up okay. in this in this way that you've tried to do it. So um, I, I realise that's a very vague way of doing it, but I sort of didn't realise you guys were going to be both so keen, both have not seen this. But yeah, it's oh, um, fucking shame it's his on his first you. movie in like fucking seven years or some shit. Yeah, so I really... Yeah, while he's been fucking battling Fox or something in the Yeah, courts. but because of what I said about how a lot of the movie happens in this hotel room, it does drag on a bit for me in a way where I thought I'm gonna like this movie. Yeah, yeah I reckon I'm gonna fucking <laughs> well, love that's this what movie. I said. So I said, based on your description, mm. I reckon I'm in for a fucking five out of yeah, five well, so time. I'm I so sort of, excited. So I hope so. I hope so because what Laura said about how so a friend of the show Laura said that thing about it's kind of a bottle a bottle episode, okay. uh, and I thought well it's a good way to prep me, and I think that prepped me a lot because it, it meant that I, it was like in that uh, once upon a time in Hollywood where I kind of ruined it for myself by thinking it was gonna <laughs> by kick knowing. off into a crazy Tarantino thing, and it kind of doesn't for two and a half hours right. i think in a similar way you've got to know that like the movie is kind of like vibing with you for like a couple hours which is interesting because like obviously he did mad max fury right. road i think probably more people have seen that than have seen the original mad right. max so i would so that's such an insane high octane literally film yeah that uh it's kind of hard to think about him doing any kind of conventional narrative well, so, yeah right and so, so i would i would kind of movie. i would kind of liken this movie my experience with this movie was in the same way as like mad max has like a very like a, a very vague minimal story and most of the focus on this is on the action yeah i would say that this movie uh opposite there's no action it's a very a very fleshed out very beautiful aesthetic <laughs> Uh, and a lot of sort of lore that's gone into it. I'm such a little slut for production I love design. That. Yeah. I feel like I'm love probably going to like The production's only sick, but I would damn. say that a lot of what he's trying to use to drive the story along is a lot of character type stuff, and I just don't think the character stuff was there for me in okay. a way that I found convincing. Yeah. So but you're famously okay, yeah. wrong, so I can't wait to fucking watch this movie. <laughs> Great button. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. Um, and one last thing that I'll talk about very briefly is that I've started watching uh, a TV series called The Bear. 25 pounds? No, no, no. I ordered 200. Where is beef? You still got that meat connect? You get 12.50 for that on eBay. Boom. You cut vegetables like a bitch. Not system. System, baby. System. System. This is your brother's house. I was running it fine without you. Why didn't he leave it to you then? There he was. Yeah, I knew he was going to say that. Why'd you do a line impression? That was wild. No, that was my bear impression. Oh, here's my other bear impression. I'm a big gay hairy man. (laughs) (laughs) Now start doing the impression. I have three. (laughs) I have three bear impressions, and when I do all three, I get free. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that's worth it. All right. (laughs) No, it was good. Yeah, thanks. It was good. Um, 
The, so the bear yeah, is a criti- critically acclaimed drama with sort of dark comedy bits in it. Um, it's eight episodes, it's one based season. Based in Chicago, it's about chefs. It's about yeah, a so chef that works in Chicago. So the whole it's about show a Chicago is Chicago chef. The whole show is set in like a stress, a stressful as fuck. Whereabouts? Chicago kitchen <laughs> where, ev- <laughs> where everyone is screaming at each other all the time. Yeah. And the, the the premise of the show is if you've that worked in hospitality. This is absolutely going to fuck up your PTSD. Right. So so, so the, the show is the, the thing I liked about it. The show isn't doing like an HBO drama stressful kind of thing. It's half that, but it's half like funny as fuck. Yeah. And there's bits where like this dude is just being, this dude is like the chef. So the, the main chef guy, his brother died and his brother owned some like bullshit sandwich restaurant. <laughs> and left left it to his brother, who is That's was why I like call your opinions, mate. right? That's right. Fuck yeah, a bullshit um, sandwich, sandwich restaurant. restaurant yeah. yeah. Um, and so <laughs> the brother, the brother who didn't die, inherited the restaurant, and he used to be a re- a, a chef at like the world's best fucking restaurant. I think they said like Noma or Nova or whatever. The sure. Fuck, like. So he's worked in the top of the top Nobu, Michelin yeah. star type shit. So in the, in the world of the movie, they name check a few real restaurants, but he, he's like, people are like, oh, you're the best fucking chef in the world. So he's like, this like amazing up and coming chef that quits his job to go and take over his dead brother's What'd you restaurant. Say Nobu? I think it's Nobu, yeah. Okay. Um, That's a lead singer of U2. Oh, Is maybe it? it's not Nobu. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I derailed him uh. so hard to make that <laughs> shit joke. No, who's that little baby Yoda guy? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. That's um, good shit. So the movie, so I'm halfway through the series at the moment, and it's fucking, it's fucking heaps of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> Oh fuck! Sorry. Yeah. yeah, Laura says it's like one of the best shows she's ever watched. So like, oh, it's a show. Right? Yeah, it's a TV series. <laughs> and so like, it's um, it's on I Disney waiting. Plus. Oh, yeah, I was, it? well, it sounds like Kitchen the Thick of It from the sound of it. Yeah, it's yeah. a bit like uh, the Thick of It's probably a good touch point. Um, and so I mean, it's uh, I mean I, the fact that it's on Disney Plus, I thought, but it it was on like some good channel in I think it was on Hulu or FX or something in Hulu, the US. Hulu, I think. And Disney just weirdly has the rights to it. Yeah, so, so um, well, that's I would the encourage case you to pirate that shit. Since their Star Catalog acquisition, they got a bunch of shit yeah. that you don't understand that Disney has. Yeah, like. so it's it's heaps like of fun. Mad I'm, Max is on that. Show. I'm really enjoying it so far. Um, Apparently, it's, it's very very good. And it's it's heaps of fun to watch. So, so I would and I would say it's not stressful. It's it's um. Oh really? I mean, it's, well, yeah, when I say, exactly, when I say kitchen drama where everyone's screaming at each other, it's not stressful. I would say it's just the right oh. amount of fun and, like, there'll be bits where, like, this guy is, like, saying something very sensible and he gets all this insane pushback about it and that makes him fly off the handle and you're like... Yeah. <laughs> it's trying... I think it's somewhat... It's a classic, like, someone that's very, very good at their job. They've done the peak... Mm. Think of it's good, a good touch point, yeah, because it's someone yeah. that's, like, a fucking expert coming yeah. into this clown no shop one is listening and to trying them. to say... Fucking listen to me. Yeah. I'm trying to tell you how to do your jobs better. Yeah. Yeah. So it it that's yeah. always a good recipe. Like, huh? This huh? fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck huh? yeah, brother. There's several episodes about where like food. the guy the guy will like say, Don't do what you're doing, do it this way. And they'll be like, Do not tell me how to do my fucking job. And then twenty minutes later they'll do what he recommended <laughs> and it'll go perfectly. And he'll be like, See how fucking hard was that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, uh, it's what I watching. told you so. So yeah. that was the bear, uh, and three thousand years of longing. Uh, Zach. Uh, what do you want to talk about? Oh, what do I want to talk about? Well, um, what have you watched? My I brother? want to talk to you both about David Leach's Bullet Train. Talk to me. I am ready. You are getting the new and improved me. Because if you put peace out in the world, you get peace back. 
think you might be forgetting what you do for a living. Take the gun. Every job I do, somebody dies. I'm not that guy anymore. Some conflicts require a gun. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mm. So this this look so this is this sort of a action it's an action comedy. Um David Leach has previously done Deadpool it's got 2. Pitt, I'm pretty sure he's done Deadpool. And it has and Brad Suicide No, what's that blonde so oh, suicide atomic blonde. atomic, atomic blonde. blonde. Yeah. It's got Brad Pitt, it's got um oh, who are more main characters cuz like some other people pop up in it like Channing Tatum pops up at I know, one point. It's, it's the Brad Pitt Beats pops Johnson. up at one point. It's the Brad Pitt Aaron Taylor Johnson is in it and Aaron Taylor Johnson Johnson sorry is it one is. of the funniest fucking actors I've ever seen in my life. I haven't seen him since Kick-Ass. Yeah. It's really good stuff. Um there's also Brian Tyrene Henry he's who's really funny in it as well. Sorry. He was in Tenet. Yeah right. Yeah, so right. It's, yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. It's the Brad Pitt <laughs> so have uh, Japan. So I have movie. seen him since Kickass. Uh, oh, is he? Wh- who is he in Tenet? Oh, so you weren't listening? Who the fuck are I you? I don't know. I'm just he's, he's just not in Tenet. <laughs> no, he <laughs> is. He's fucking credited. Fuck off. <laughs> anyway, he's one of so the army guys, I think. So oh, did you? Really? Uh, so he's like a minor. Yeah, but he's in it. You were wrong. That's the point. Look, I thought it was. It does. It does kind of sound like you were mistaken. Anyway, shut up. Have you not seen Tenet? In Avengers: Age of Ultron. I've seen Bullet Train. Why are you talking about Andrew's talking about Tenet? Why the fuck are you talking about Bullet Train? No, now I'm talking about Avengers Age of Ultron. Fucking listen to me, Oscar. I could go backwards like they do in Tenet right now. Anyway, so yeah, Bullet Train is basically what it is. It's like a bunch of assassins all on this train and their missions start to interlock (laughs) and come together. And it's one of the the most enjoyable filmic experiences I've had. Yeah, you froth this shit. This film is getting middling reviews. And I went into it with my partner. We were like, oh, it'll be fine. And by people who really know what they're talking about. No, 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 no. Let me finish. Let me finish. Like, it's yeah. getting very middling reviews, and I think they're totally unearned. It had one of the most exciting, best scripts. It's got some of the best dialogue. It has amazing music. There's some intense action sequences that are really good in this. Brad Pitt is portrayed as like a bit of an idiot. Like he's lucky. He his whole thing is that he keeps getting lucky, and he manages to not die. It seems which like a plays pl- off uh, his uh, like previous roles where he's like just an action Cohen hero. Character. It's yeah. really cool, and it does some whole stuff where there's just lots of like chance things that go on. The setting is cool because it's set on like one of the fastest trains in the world, and it keeps basically like it's going around a track that ends in Tokyo and so like, is a speeding you can arrow. follow you can follow where it is in Japan and <laughs> apparently it's like pretty realistic in terms of the times they've got um, there's a uh, uh, Shannon Taylor is in this I think he's um, at some point as well I don't know who that is. there's a whole bunch of yeah he's a guy who I get mixed up with um, Aaron Taylor Johnson haha <laughs> So what's anyway. your what was your favorite bit about Bullet Train? So my my the dialogue the dialogue yeah, was some right. of the funniest stuff where both Brian Tyree Henry and Aaron Taylor Johnson they play brothers which is intentionally funny and it they're so Why is that funny, funny? Brian Henry's black isn't he Yeah he is oh, yeah the whole point funny. is they're like brothers but not by birth I don't think it doesn't matter the point is it's it's, so. it's really fun and it's well, a really enjoyable film that I had an amazing time with and I went oh. in and I was like oh it's got middling reviews like, I guess it'll be okay and it was like easily a 10 out of 10 for me oh, uh, my taste for action com- like the closest film I can think about is The Other Guys Nice Guys Nice Guys sorry The Other Guys is The Nice Guys is a huge fucking call Nice Guys yeah I know it's the closest action comedy I can think of where it's got funny chemistry between two characters that I absolutely loved. There was plot twists that I really enjoyed. There was some great dialogue and some really excellent writing. Like some things where basically it'll go through a character's like journey up until this point in the day and then later on there's like a water bottle that gets involved in a fight and it just ticks back to that water bottle start of the day. It's like really funny stuff that's actually great and I'm probably doing it terrible injustice because it's been like a month no, and a half since I saw it. I think but it's what just I hard think to convince people re- like this has been getting middling reviews but it's so funny I 
promise. No, no, no because like, the reason yeah. it's got middling reviews, I think, is because it's got it's been review bombed, right? So it's based on a Japanese novel. the The author of the Japanese novel helped co-write the script that's been adapted. They haven't just taken the novel and like written a script based on it. They've they've moved away from it and adapted it for like a like an American audience. But they've got not just American characters. There's like Russian characters. There's like Japan Japanese characters. And it got like basically criticized for not moving away from the Japanese setting while also sort of Americanizing it or at least right. having a like two like one main character is American and another two are British but like there's a fair amount of representation in it and I can understand the idea of whitewashing but I don't think that's like as earned as a criticism for this film in particular because it's not just some famous like Japanese story that's then been sort of whitewashed and turned into something like they literally adapted it and turned it into a film that still works in its setting yeah right well, um, so, so I mean I haven't seen any review bombing like that I'm sure that that's what I've, there I've seen a bunch of so it the, yeah. the, the, most of the reviews that I've seen just say it's like a Ryan Reynolds action comedy and, and it's, it's like it's, Free Guy that's what I've heard it's not right. it's better than fr- I, d- yeah, I don't okay. understand well, like, yeah. maybe it's sure. absolutely baffling sure. to me why it's been getting such middling maybe reviews. I'll watch it the, the the reason I haven't watched it is because I saw the trailer and thought, like, this looks like someone trying to do a Tarantino movie. Oh, it's not Tarantino-like at all. That's what Alexi Toliopoulos said about it. Really? That right. it, was, it was, like, echoing Tarantino. Feels like a throwback to the Tarantino exploitation effects of Smoking Aces and Lucky Number Eleven, but there's a real Ryan Reynoldsian modern action comedy sense of humour to it all. Well, I like it. I actually like Deadpool. I don't... I hate Deadpool. He uh, rated it like five out of ten. So that, that's oh, that's the so that's the comment that he's making is like this is derivative derivative but not inspired. Oh, yeah. So I uh, guess that's that's the main criticism style that I've heard of it. But I'm not suggesting that that's. I mean, comedy is so if it's meant to be an action comedy, comedy is so subjective. It's really yeah, hard. I, I just I had such a great time with it, and I mm. found it wasn't anything quite like anything else I'd seen. Sure. Like I didn't find it derivative at all. And it's based on like a separate novel. Like it's not actually ripping anything off other than that novel. I guess. I mean, style. It, I think you've sold me. I'm, I'll, I'll eventually. I don't know if I go to the cinema, but when it comes out in streaming, I might watch it. Yeah, it's Makes good. Sense. It's good. You'll both yeah, enjoy right. it. Like yeah. I don't know why it's getting such bad reviews. And yeah. yeah anyway. Right. Oh, okay, well. that was your first thing. First right? one. What do you? Yeah, my you? other thing I wanted to mention is I recently blasted through the second season of Only Murders in the Building. How well do you know your neighbors? You see many of them every day, but have you ever wondered what goes on behind their doors? Are you associated with the deceased? No, no. We're neighbors in the building. Mm -hmm. So you don't know him? Just in passing. Not his passing. No, yes. When we passed by him. Before he passed. That's right. I could not stand this (laughs) fucking show. Yeah, I was waiting to to have your your wall for this one. Dude, I fucking hate Good Place. You'd hate this show. Yeah. Well, anyway, Why you're, you like this show? you're super you're wrong. Um, only Murders <laughs> in the Building, Martin Short, Steve Martin, and Selena Gomez. Um, all you've, you've heard about this oh. series, haven't you, Andrew? No. Really? I've literally never heard of this. Oh, well, season one what came out like a, you a year about. or two ago. But basically, it's like a group of three people who live in a building and there's a murder in the building and they decide to make a podcast that's to all like there investigate is. the build, <laughs> like the murder. And they basically unravel it. And it's got some really great writing. Oscar can shut up for a minute. But basically, it's got some really interesting writing. All the characters get fleshed out in a really deep way that's really cool. Um, the three leading actors I mentioned are really charismatic and fun to watch. But it also does a thing that um, I think the most recent season of Stranger Things does, where minor characters get a spotlight shined on them for at least episode or two mm. and you get these extras that you just wouldn't notice that suddenly get like really Full well characterized story. and are mm. really well acted and are really cool and they're not there forever and they're suddenly gone and it's really exciting for example there is an episode in season one that is from the perspective of a deaf character a deaf character the entire time like it's a deaf episode mm. and it takes pl- it uses um 
American Sign Language <laughs> the whole time, so you have to like have the subs for the American sub yeah, yeah, for so, the, yeah. so the sign language is on. There's no there's no sound. Like it's really cool the way they've actually had that representation. It's won a bunch bunch of awards for that. Um, it's currently up for a bunch of primetime Emmys um, at the moment, including yeah. Martin Short and Selena Gomez for best actors in a le- uh, leading actors in a comedy. Um, mm. It's got some of the best music I've heard in a TV show, which was all done by this one um, this one band that got together and did this music. And it's not band like music. They just got together and wrote the music for this show that's, that's like cool. currently getting a bunch of awards. It's getting a lot of awards and I I find it addictively fun where each episode will end in a way that you'll want to know what's going to happen next and yeah. I find just the writing really um, really tight and interesting. Tina yeah. Fey makes an appearance at one point as well. She's kind of like this. There'll be stingers in this uh, show. That's well. right. What, 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 uh, what would you compare it to? What would I compare it to? I don't know. I found it really unique, but I'm sure that there's something you can compare it to. Nothing in this in this day and age I is think, in any way unique. I think tonally, like, yeah, tonally yeah. I think tonally I would I would compare it to like Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh, uh, I wouldn't compare it to that. It's not a okay, mockumentary. Now, now this is funny because Oscar, you quite like Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah. I think its sense of humor of this show is different, but I mean, like in terms of like a fun mystery kind of show uh, okay. where each episode kind of stands on its own. Uh, oh really? I wouldn't say that at all. It's it's one plot that takes place over ten episodes. What are you t- you're a fucking idiot, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not slapstick at all. It's like um, genuine and emotional. But um, yeah, like for example, they play off the fact um, one of the one of the characters, mainly Martin Short, will make a make a little snide comment about one of the episodes they're making in their podcast. But it'll be a meta reflection on the actual episode in the show. Like it'll have some of that meta narrative stuff that's done in yeah. a tasteful <laughs> way rather than a bad way. I just don't like it because like that's not how you make a podcast. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just can't look as a podcaster. I just can't possibly <laughs> yeah. tolerate this. It's you always want to see representation of yourself on screen, but you hate it when it's done in a tokenistic manner. They're not talking about how much of a nightmare it is that Steve Martin Short has to pay for Pod B and Steve Martin's never paying it yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we settled that account. <laughs> I think. I think. I, it's a friend of the show, Taryn, who's been on the show before. Previous um, guest. Previous guest. Female uh, guest. <laughs> I made a joke about that last week and she commented on it. Oh, yeah. I'm uh, cool. I'm cool. Previous lady of the show, yeah. Taryn really likes the show and she's watched a the lot whole, of people really like watched it. the whole yeah. thing like it's three three or four three or four <laughs> three or four times. <laughs> it's very funny to say. Yeah, a lot of people really like <laughs> yeah. it. Good for you, you fucking idiot. <laughs> I think that literally half of the reason I don't like it is because like I fucking hate Martin Short. I just he annoys the shit out. I, I love Munch. I hate Munch. I love Munch. Oh, you'll know him. He's like a you'll he's like an old school SNL guy. Yeah, he's from our like he's in a bunch of films when we were growing up as well. Look, I'm finding it hard to find a good comparison point. Brooklyn Nine Nine is not a good comparison. Point. I, I'm <laughs> oh, sorry, yeah, like, okay, it's, not, well, it's not a mockumentary style. I, I feel bad. It is like a narrative driven plot that's set over yeah. ten episodes. Brooklyn Nine Nine. This guy looks like a fucking ventriloquist yeah, dummy, like an and he's always standing next to Steve Martin. It's not a mockumentary. But it's set in like a, like an office. Like that's a, not like what a, a mockumentary is. I think it is. A mockumentary is a, is a thing that's not a documentary that's, that's pretending a, yeah, to, be to be a documentary. A documentary. That's what this is. This is pretending to document police in a station. It's a mockumentary. No, the, the mockumentary has like... To- <laughs> oh my fucking God. A mockumentary has like Jesus. people talking to camera in fake interviews. Yeah, it's, we're gonna, it's trying We're going to gonna blow it out to three hours this fucking No, no, episode, shut up. Man. A mockumentary has fake interviews. Like the office is a mockumentary because it has those fake interviews. Yeah, it's like they people barreling the camera and stuff. I think you're wrong. I think a mockumentary is meant mocu- to imply that everyone being filmed is totally aware that there is a full camera crew in the room with yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. Brooklyn Nine-Nine doesn't do that. They do some... Yeah, Andy Samberg looks at the camera a bunch no, of times. No, he does not. 
You're thinking of like digging a box or something. I don't think so. <laughs> We've gotten bogged down at a point that is not what I'm. No, trying I to think. Focus. No, I want to know why you don't know what a, docu- a, a mockumentary. That's like is. the zoom takes, and it's like it, like it's set up like live cameras are in the office with them. Whereas Brooklyn, um, whereas Only Murders in the Building is like an actual fully produced show that is not designed right. to look like that. I'm sorry. I feel like I feel bad that you you brought two <laughs> things where we are like these are great. And we're like, oh, are you sure? Zach, I'm happy you like these things. Yeah, these are the two things I picked from the... All right, one, one minute on What was, your, what was, was going to be the third, yeah. Oh, uh, the third? Asked. No, I talked about it last time, I realised, so I can't, I'm not bringing that up okay. again. Is there one more you could bring up? Or are <laughs> nah, you no, 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 okay, I'm, done. Great. I'm done. In the last three nice. months. All right, I'll bring this up real quick because you can talk about it too. Oh, yeah. um, we went to the movies and we didn't talk about <laughs> seeing <laughs> Old Boy. That's <laughs> fucking right. Which is, we all watched this. Right. Uh, so for a long time Very fans funny setup Where I went on a date With someone And you two were like yep. Okay we'll book tickets yep. And then you're like But we won't book them Near you And I was <laughs> there We're up date. the back we So I know two people In this <laughs> session And they booked tickets Away from us And that's probably weirder That they did that <laughs> I think But anyway I think Just letting you know there was Full some transparency. Two of my friends are in this screening with us, but they're not sitting with yeah. us. <laughs> there, there was a bit where there was a joke and I laughed and I laughed yeah, a bit man. louder than normal. Yeah, like, we oh, heard you. I'm fairly <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's the guy. <laughs> I, so, sat, I sat away from us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, old boy, for longtime fans of the podcast that aren't fans of cinema, so <laughs> um, the guy that. What direct- the fuck are you doing, number the, one? The, yeah, and number right. two. The guy that directed The Handmaiden, that movie we talked Park about... Park Chan-wook. A, a, yeah, a few episodes ago, a little while ago now, that was like a really, really insanely horny movie. Uh, so good. A Korean thing. That that guy. So this is another movie that he did, I think, before The Handmaiden. Yeah, it was. It was from like 2006, 2009. Yeah, and it's about a guy that just gets kidnapped off the street one day mm. and randomly... fuck me. Yeah, randomly held hostage... In a in a in a hotel room for fifteen what, years. Fifteen years. Yep. Yeah, and so and he I has th- no idea why. Yeah. He, he um he's arrested one night for public disorder, and then he goes to make a phone call at a telephone booth, and I think this is how it goes. Uh, and like he gets drugged while yep. he's and doing he disappears, that. and yeah. and he gets drugged and abducted, and he has mm. no idea why. So that I feel like the backstory for this... <laughs> sorry, Zach, I think the backstory for this movie is that when we were in, like, primary school or early high school, someone we know had a USB stick with this movie on it and was yeah. like, this movie's fucking sick. you got to watch this fucking movie. And so I feel like there was, like, <laughs> an, in, an ingrained, it, nostalgic amount of affection that we have for this movie. <laughs> that when no, no. We... Oscar's not speaking on my behalf right now because he's about to say some shit that I do not agree no, with. No, but I'm just... This is right, right? Like, we have this, a nostalgic sense of, like, this movie rules. Yeah, and I'm right. Right. And so, when <laughs> when the when the movie popped up for, like, a retro screening in Denver... They've we remastered like, it in 4 we got to go watch this movie. So, yeah. we watched the movie. Yeah. Here we, we go. And Oscar it. said it doesn't hold up. I, I fucking absolutely right, so, wrong about right, so talk it. About, oh, talk really? about the movie. Yeah. Um, so obviously, like, well, I don't know. I really liked Park Chan Wook's films. I like most I of his stuff. You both reviewed it at roughly the same score, though. Oh well, then he doesn't know what he's fucking talking about because we both rated it very highly. Um, <laughs> it's he does like uh, he does movies. Park Chan Wook is obsessed with this theme of like revenge. He's done a trilogy called uh, the Vengeance Trilogy or the Revenge Trilogy, I think. And they're three movies that don't have any shared characters, but have a lot of like thematic similarities. So there's also like Lady Vengeance and then Mrs. Uh, Mr. Vengeance. Um, is there a Mrs. Vengeance? <laughs> uh, yes, there is. You, uh, you motherfucker. 
<laughs> it's called like Sympathy for Lady Vengeance or something. Anyway, um, I also watched because uh, as part of the the screenings, um, they screened the whole of these this trilogy, and I got to see Sympathy for Lady Vengeance, which was two years after Old Boy, and it's sort of similar in that it like really tortures its main character. Um, it usually has a big like 180 twist halfway through the film. Mm. Um, he plays a lot with... he. I, I think part of the reason I love his movies is there's so much fucking fun. Like, it's really fun to watch these characters uh, seek and plot against who's wronged them. I think the mm. fun thing... Sympathy for Lady Vengeance, she knows exactly who the fuck did it. So the whole thing is almost like a heist movie level of, like, plotting her revenge against this person. Right. Whereas like old boy, one of the interesting things is he only finds out who's actually imprisoned him and done this thing probably halfway through the film. And he doesn't so even know why. That's half the movie is like until him being imprisoned later. and then trying to work out who the fuck locked him exactly. up for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he's just um, let out with no explanation. Yeah. Right. <laughs> he's just let out after a certain period of time. And, uh, and so yeah, it's him kind of like going on this voyage of discovery and he spends the whole, uh, first half of the film, like writing a journal of all of these, every every person he can ever think of that might in some way have had some sort of like grudge or slight against him. And that's really fun. Yeah, sorry, you guys reviewed it very differently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought so. So like he, he, I mean, everyone remembers the hammer scene from Old Boy, which is this very memorable one take fight scene where it's the camera sort of like goes... To like a cross perpendicular cross sectional to a hallway, and he has to fight his way from one end of this hallway against like fifteen guys, and all he's got is a hammer. The person I saw it with <laughs> remembered this particular moment where, uh, and he does this a couple of times in his movies, where like uh, the main character is holding this hammer pointed at this guy, like he's kind of like holding it above his head, and a dotted line gets drawn, like bleep, 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 <laughs> between him and this guy's <laughs> knee. And like, or some body part of this guy, and it totally breaks the fourth wall. It's like <laughs> such an. It's like literally a dotted like line drawn on screen. It's so fucking funny, and it's such a strange tonal <laughs> choice in that moment. But yeah. That's why I love Park Chan-wook's films. He has fun. He's right. having fun all the time, even though he's like really torturing his fucking characters. Yeah, I found mm. it too torturous to yeah, be totally you, you're of weak mind. Yeah, when, when I was watching this, I mean, this is long enough ago that I don't remember the very strong opinion that I had, but it was just along the lines of like, man, I, I just don't really believe that this is happening. Like, <laughs> the, the stuff... <laughs> I think ah, you ah. can only watch this movie once to get the full effect because the yeah. twist yeah. is so powerful. What actually happens in it is such an... Uh, uncomfortable experience. Uncomfortable experience that I think you only ever get to know that that's... Uh, you only ever get to not know that that's coming once. Yeah. And I think that's part of the problem, is that... Yeah, it, it, probably. It just, but then... Oh. It's, it's Did you know that that was that coming? Way. Yeah. We've oh, both we seen didn't. it before. I, yeah, but you I th- didn't remember no, that. I, had twist. I have a good brain. Yeah. Neither of you I had two f- I hadn't seen it before. I had forgotten no. the twist, but I also but have I, a bad brain. I knew <laughs> something was coming. Because I, <laughs> I remember there being a twist. He was. Like, he was coming. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Well, yeah, that's half the movie. Is just <laughs> When I was watching it back later, it was like, oh, this movie's just fucking gross. This is just a dude that's like it's obsessed with like. It's just obsessed with like horny fucking. And like, one, no, movie, it's, one it movie. It punishes you for that later. One movie is a good bit. 
two movies is like, oh, this dude just makes horny fucking sympathy for Lady movies. Vengeance doesn't isn't like that. So it's he it's not it's not he's not a one trick pony. Like he can do all sorts of shit. Mm. He's got a movie with a female protagonist. It's very yeah. empowered. I think the way that he writes female yeah. characters ex- is extremely interesting. So, right. I thought anyway, Old Boy my was point exceptionally being, well made. I just didn't find it super so like, enjoyable as an experience, which it, is a yeah. different thing in itself. Yeah, uh, yeah he I, writes uh, very fucked up. Confronting. Stories. I felt that it was very cheesy watching it. Did you? Oh, I didn't know. find I that. Know. I didn't find that. I would have liked if it was a bit more cheesy. I was like, man, this. <laughs> like, <laughs> when he opens that photo album at the end, I was next to Oscar. I was like, <laughs> yeah, it's fucking great. <laughs> I was trying to get out of the cinema. I was fuck like, yeah. fucking hell. So, anyway, uh, listeners, check out Old Boy. Or don't. <laughs> or don't. Yeah, or, or as I like to call it, Old Boy. <laughs> yeah, and there's an American remake of this shit that's nearly shot for shot and is truly one of the most Isn't racist shot for movies. Shot? It's basically shot for shot. Oh, okay. One of the most racist just, movies that I can possibly Josh think Brolin of. Josh Brolin doing a Korean accent. Yeah, he's, do- <laughs> he's doing the eyes the whole time. No, I think it's fucking oh, racist because it's literally fuck just. That rules. Josh Brolin, like, actually doing the eyes, like, the whole movie. This is my hot take. I think it's fucking racist because I think that the entire reason they felt the need to do that is because they were like, well, American people aren't going to watch yeah, it's pretty Korean accessible, people actually. Yeah. It's yeah. so accessible. It's, it's true, fun. Yeah. It, the only problem okay. problem is that it has subtitles. Like, that you're fucking crazy. Yeah, I don't want to read. So that's, well, Americans that's famously nuts, cannot I read. So. I mean, they just don't want to watch anything that doesn't have Americans in it. Literally a massive problem for the entire film industry. But anyway, so that's the reason it was remade. Don't watch the American version. If you've already seen it, go back and watch the Korean version because it's going to have a lot more soul. Mm. And that's a pun. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. Right. Fuck. Yeah. Good yeah, stuff. Right, was that literally <laughs> more, more soul. So. Is that all you got? Um, that'll probably be me. I don't think I've really watched anything else. Uh, I, I saw a David Cronenberg film. Oh. I can feel you pulling things around in there. <clears throat> it's a brand new organ. Never before seen. <laughs> We've all felt that the body was empty. Empty of meaning. And we've wanted to confirm that so that we could fill it with meaning. The world is a much more dangerous place now that pain has all but disappeared. Mm. You know what it is. Surgery is the new sex. I don't like what's happening with the body. In particular, what's happening with my body. Which is why I keep cutting it up. I have also seen this. Which you've also seen. Okay, so um, this was a really interesting one for me. I think it was... So I've only seen one other David Cronenberg film, which was The The Fly, Fly. which we talked about on this podcast. Which is the one everyone knows as well. It's a good touch point for his work, to be honest. Um, Mm. I really liked Crimes of the Future. I saw it with friend of the show, Laura, who we've talked about a little bit already. A lot of friends coming up on this show. That's right. Yeah, we're real real, uh, end friends podcast. (laughs) Makes you think. So Not this me. is this is Cronenberg's. <laughs> I never think, yeah, I brother. Never think. That's my <laughs> that's, that's my, my secret. So this is uh, Cronenberg's first film in a fair while, I think. It stars... Since 1999. Yeah, that's Sorry? right. When he did Existence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so right. it's a really long that's time. That's right. Damn. So is it was pretty is, massive. Is it similarly grotesque? 
Shut up. So starring Viggo Mortensen, no, I'm serious, Leah I'm Seydoux. Yeah, I'll answer it's, your fucking question yeah. in due time. You're getting ahead of yourself. So Who's a starring? Come on, hurry up. You, you, you think you're another star on this podcast, mate? Oh, <laughs> Leah Seydoux and Kristen Stewart are the three. Is that how you pronounce it? I thought it was yeah. Lisa Doe. Well, she's French. Leah yeah, I thought that was... None of what us did you say? Really? What did you say? Sorry, sorry. Sorry. Fuck, no, I'm going to play Elden Ring then. All right, so we got we got... A, 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 a bunch of memorable stars in this movie. It's it's basically about um, so Viggo Mortensen, I suppose, is the main character. Uh, L- Leia, 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 say do now you <laughs> fuck me up about it. Is his uh, sort of partner in part, partner in crime, not literally. Oh jeez, um, <laughs> too many puns in this. But review. they uh, they um, the point of the film is that uh, it's it's uh, near future. Humanity has evolved spontaneously a bunch of different characteristics, part, right. of, hu- part of humanity. So um, people no longer feel pain. Mm, Most yeah. people, some people still do. Love that. A lot of people no longer feel pain. A lot of people no longer experience infections, which mm. means that all of a sudden there's these... So it, I guess what that says... What do you mean they don't experience infections? They, don't get, they just don't thing, get infected. Yeah. People, so yeah. it means that they can uh, be cut open or whatever. Of course it does. Of course it does. Yeah. Right. So, like, so Cronenberg's like, oh, this is a weird thing. Maybe yeah. we can be sliced open. You can so see their insides. It has no like impact. An emerging avant-garde sort of performance <laughs> art where people are performing live surgery on each other in front of a live audience. But also oh, because, that's weird. But also because <laughs> people can't feel pain, I think there's the implication that a lot of other experiences are also suppressed. And so people are more desperate to feel something. So you see these people like... They're instead of like making out in the streets, they're making out in the streets, but one of them also has a pocket knife like going all the way up their thigh so that they're kind of like feeling stuff at the same time. You know what I mean? All of that aside, I think that's pretty real. I think it's an interesting premise. The movie opens on two characters that none of who we've mentioned, but it's a young boy sitting on a beach and he, yeah, his mother leans out the window and says, Don't you eat anything that you find. And then uh, a couple of minutes later, we cut to that boy who's devouring a plastic bin in his bathroom. He's yep. literally sitting there, like biting parts off the bin. Yeah, this is a fucking them. freak, bro. Secreting and this then, white and then, shit. Yeah. Uh, moments after that, his mother smothers him with a pillow and kills Great. him, and and actually fucking kills him. Yep. That's not like a bait and switch. The whole time that I was like, oh, she's dead. gonna, she's not gonna be it's like he'll be like she'll be testing that he doesn't need to breathe or something but no she fully fucking kills him and fuck and and that's a through line for the rest of the film is is this uh why she did that to this boy what it means why she killed him and what he was and what he Mm. represents and his father wanting for his death to mean something Vigo's not his father he's someone that the father approaches to talk to about doing something about this so I guess the point is um, I think everyone should see this film I actually really liked it Uh, I found The Fly to be a fucking gross film we watched it in the same episode as we watched The Thing and I think both of us really liked The Thing and both of us didn't really love The Fly it was fine but it kind of was very one note this sounds gross this is it's not that's the thing it's the most restrained Cronenberg film and lots of people who've watched his entire back catalogue are saying it's the most restrained of his films and to be perfectly honest it was it never felt gratuitous which is sort of amazing because the whole thing is about surgery yeah. But rather than so the prosthetics and everything are very convincing and the production design is very bodily like um Viggo Mortensen sleeps in the, he his character's thing is that he's evolved to grow spontaneously extra organs and they <laughs> don't know and they don't know the purpose of the organs 
And so Leah Seydoux's oh, like character... Oh, extra random organs. Random yeah. organs. Yeah. And so they're, and, and they're like, are these good? Are these bad? We have no idea. And Leah Seydoux, as a performance artist, tattoos and then removes these organs in front of a live crowd. So That's there's surgery... taking back possession of his body. Exactly. So there's surgery, but there's not... But I would never say that this film goes to the level of, like, gratuity. And I think it's incredibly restrained. And it's also one of those movies where... Actually, similar to Nope, which, fuck, we haven't even started talking about yet, but I think both of these films actually are a good uh, paired, uh, kind of like paired feature because they both get you to think a lot about the themes that they're divulging. I think it's his most uh, meditative film and uh, his most, like... uh, Sorry, this is what I've heard because I've only seen two of his, but... Um, I really enjoyed this film a lot for the way that it approaches the metaphor that it's handling and also for the performances and the pr- the production design is great. They usually are in like David the makeup and films, but it looks so fucking good. The only thing that occasionally is a little dodgy is they have to use VFX sometimes. It, I feel like it must have been a COVID shoot, so I suspect a fair bit of that is COVID stuff or reshoots or whatever. Right. Because sometimes it's really real and sometimes it's VFX, which still looks good, but is like not, you know. Okay. Practical. I think I'm never gonna watch this movie. Yeah, you should. Gotta, you should watch it. I think I gotta be like honest, it. Andrew. Like when I spoke about this one, I did warn people that so if you've you seen don't, it as well. yeah, I've seen it. I, right. I spoke about it on the radio the other day. Yeah, if you okay. don't like gore at all, like if you don't like blood or the idea of seeing someone perform surgery on each other, you will find this film uncomfortable. But I think the thing that it doesn't do that a lot of gory movies do is the characters aren't in pain. Yeah, that's the that's the weird part of it. Is that I they're not experiencing emotional distress. Yeah. So that's kind of bizarre. What it does to your brain, where you're like, oh, they're kind of enjoying this. It's it's mm. sort of weird. And so it's not like blood is gushing. It's just that you're sort of watching organs, you know. So 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 it's so it <laughs> I is, rest my case. <laughs> yes, yes, it's viscera, but it's not yeah. torture. Yeah. In the way that you would expect it to be, I, I know people, and, and wear, that's saying something. I know people where all it takes is the surgery and the blood. Well, I mean, that's for fine. People to be uncomfortable. Yeah, okay. So if you so don't like some that, that it's this isn't exactly widely accessible for that reason. I also think hot take. This film isn't actually saying that much. Uh, yeah, I think I it's know. pretty think basic dismissive. in its message. It's pretty ten years ago, to be honest. It's interesting. I found the set design really interesting. I found the trappings really cool. I thought Viggo Mortensen, Mortensen coughing constantly was <laughs> very uncomfortable. I liked a lot of this film, but the I don't think it was as... performances are like 10 out as, of 10s. Oh, yeah. I didn't think it was as saying... I didn't think it was saying that much at, at, at the end of the day, to be perfectly honest. Very interesting, but not that amazing a film, I suppose, is, I, was my end take. Yeah, I, I disagree. I think there's a lot of different readings that you can have of this film. This felt like a film that would be ripe for film studies oh, yeah. 10 years that. onwards. And like... Uh, it didn't feel somehow it felt it moves like it away was from that surgery stuff and it goes to an environmentalism plot that I think is just far less interesting. It's and an a environmentalism bit more, bit more tried, plot on its not even on its surface, but as one part of it. But I think more importantly, and more like more importantly in terms of the film's focus, I think it's talking about what it means to um, to be an artist and the dis- I mean the constant uh, battle of the main protagonist is like what. Okay, so normally I would I would think that a film was being pretentious for this, but the way that it handled it was so non-pretentious that I think it got away with it. Is like it's talking about at what point 
um, like what is the justification for doing something mm-hmm. in a performative way? What's the justification mm-hmm. for something being art? What's the meaning that people derive yeah. from yeah, that? Yeah, sure. I thought that message was so obvious that it it didn't really. Well, I don't know. Didn't really I, I strike didn't an original feel like chord I had with me necessarily. Figured out. I mean, I I, yeah. I think it also. I mean, like it. Uh, people almost forget that like. Um, Cronenberg's entire thing is like transhumanism, right? He's talking about like, at what point do you stop being a human being? At what point have we moved past that barrier? And then uh, when do we, when does our manipulation in that process Mm. change from being something that continues to make us human because we've done it versus something that that, that sort of moves us away from being human. And I think this film handles that pretty well as well. Like are the people that have evolved, people surgically... I mean, in terms of the environmentalism thing without giving too much away, like people opt into a particular surgery that gives them this new fundamentally groundbreaking characteristic. And I guess, and then there's these people who naturally evolve that too. So the film's kind of asking the question of like, well, are these surgically altered people also the next step in human Mm. evolution? Or are these people, does it need to be biological? Like what, what kind of makes it, like what's the importance of genetics? What's the importance of... All of these questions are very similar to like Blade Runner. I was going to say, yeah, this sounds right. like if you're really into this sci-fi. It's very Philip kind of K. Thing. Dick. It's very philosophical sci-fi, and I don't particularly think it is one note. I just kind of disagree about oh, that. I didn't say it was yeah. one note. I just didn't think it had a very original message to say. Yeah. I think it's very careful and metered with what it what it hands you on the screen, and I think mm, I don't disagree. The with fact that. that all of the backstory is so kind of like quiet and not. Uh, absent but backgrounded mm-hmm. I think it lets you figure out a lot of what you thought about this film after you leave the cinema and I don't really mind that and I would never have expected it from David fucking Cronenberg where I went expecting like a torture porn movie it's not that I think uh, I quite liked it it's generally also getting reviewed very very highly and a lot of people who are familiar with his back catalogue are rating this as one of his best yeah, so right. I okay. think it's quite a good movie Crimes of the Future uh, at the very least, production design is fantastic, and the performances, especially Kristen Stewart, mm. she is fucking amazing in this movie. Secondary shout out to Viggo Mortensen; I think he's really good. Leah Seydoux is always fantastic, but mm. uh, it's it's a very affected performance by Viggo Mortensen, whose body is betraying him, and and so he has these ticks of like his throat not sitting properly, he and talk coughing and stuff. The whole film. It's awesome. Yeah. But um, well, I might watch the trailer. There's a scene. <laughs> there's a scene that. Um, uh, Kristen Stewart and Viggo Mortensen have where she is, I don't know what the fuck she was channeling, but she's so like nervous to talk to him and anxious and sort of sexually attracted to him, but also um, uh, just like uh, in awe of him as who he is. It's like, Mm. it's like celebrity. She's like starstruck basically. And it's like a one take where it follows her pushing him around the room basically, but they never touch until a certain point. It's just fantastic. She's so brimming with, like, this nervous energy. Like, her hands are actually shaking. It's fucking crazy. So she's amazing in the movie. Yeah. I think it's worth it. I'm glad you liked it. I think I'm... I just... I don't know. I would have to read some more about it. I'm not. not I don't convinced. think you should read more about it. I think you should go in and make your own judgment. That's yeah, my. Okay. That's my thing. All I right. think. Well, that, yeah. The performance sorry, is great. I, I think feel you should like watch it. I haven't seen it, so there's only so much yeah. I can listen. Welcome to, you guys to our about podcast, it, you fuck. Yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. Should we, should we talk about? Should we talk about Nope? Yeah, let's put yeah. the. Do you want to do the music? Let's listen to some trailer music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here, here comes the trailer yeah. for Nope. Did you know that the very first assembly of photographs to create a motion picture was a two-second clip of a black man on a horse? And that man is my great-great-grandfather. Great. 
there's another great grandfather. But that's why back at the Haywood Ranch, as the only black-owned horse trainers in Hollywood, we like to say since the moment pitchers could move, yeah, skin in the game. It's a bad miracle. They got work for that. worry with these trailers because like um we then go and explain the movie and like of the vague premise of the movie and then every now and then when i splice the trailer in uh i'll realize that the trailer like also explains the the trailer for this film specifically if you find the right one doesn't explain the premise too much okay, it well just gives a flavor of the yeah. film well that, that's a hard bit as well when you're doing this yeah. edit is that you have to pick a trailer where the audio is interesting because there yeah. was a few where like I hate this brother I listened to every single trailer for the Buzz Lightyear of Star Command <laughs> fucking movie yeah. like three times to be like which Buzz Lightyear trailer is the best <laughs> that's funny yeah and I know there's two different nope trailers because I watched the one at the cinema and I was like oh this is great I have no idea what this film's about I'm so excited yeah, and I showed my partner the trailer that I thought I'd seen and Instead, I showed a trailer that spoiled Explains most everything. of the movie. Yeah. Right? Mainly the... And I thought, fuck, now it's ruined. Well, but then I was still had plot twists when I went in. Do we want to bleep the thing with. you just said then? What did I say? I don't think we need to bother with that. The yeah. I, it's got a... That's pretty pretty nondescript, isn't I it? I didn't know that. Okay, great. Whatever. <laughs> um, so... Nope, it's Jordan Peele's new movie. Uh, this is uh, his uh, follow-up. They're all unrelated. All three of his movies are unrelated, but it's his follow-up to Get Out, which was amazing. Us, which people seem to like, but I wasn't crazy about. Wasn't and th- this is his third movie. I feel like every single one of his movies has been labeled as a horror movie. My opinion is that really Get Out is the only movie that would probably fall into like a scary horror movie kind of camp. I think that really? Us and this movie weren't for me very scary they had suspenseful bits and action bits but i think i would call them more like dramas or really action movies wow. i don't know man i think horror is just one of those genres yeah. it's like it's very subjective just cuts yeah. a lot of stuff a lot yeah. of well, okay so so get out uh sorry uh so nope is this new one uh it stars daniel oh i should have should have daniel, Kaluuya. daniel Kaluuya, yeah has anyone else got the cast? And Daniel Kiki Kaluuya Palmer. and Kiki Palmer play yeah. the two main characters. Keith David is in it. Um, uh, oh, yeah, that's right. And Brandon, a uh, newcomer, Brandon Pereira, Pereira as yeah, his uh, name I can't say. The very Best well. Buy guy. Uh, so the, the the idea is that uh, Daniel Kaluuya. Oh, Stephen Ewan's in it as well. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya and Kiki Palmer's characters own a like 
uh, a horse, yeah. like Haywood a Hollywood Holly- horses, right? So they they own a they own a business that trains horses to act as like horses in movies, yeah. and they've been doing it for at least a generation because yeah. their dad owned it. Their dad recently died in like a tragic accident, and they have been left to like manage the business. But Daniel Cooley is a bit of a shy wallflower yeah. kind of guy. Kiki Palmer, classic is like, unreliable younger sister. Yeah, she's unreliable and very obnoxious and loud, and sort of doesn't really care about the business. She's more cared about her own thing, and so they're they're trying to manage this thing. Um, uh. And that's kind of where the movie yeah. starts. You don't want to. You don't want to give away too much. So do you? I, I will say that in this movie, and I realize I've been monologuing for a bit, but th- this movie is a movie that I knew absolutely nothing about going in, and, and that's I think, the best way to yeah, watch it. And so Same I, with me. I think that if you really want to watch it, then um, I would say like tune out, go and watch it, and listen to this afterwards, so that you get like the maximum like full immersion, yeah. zero information experience. Uh, and then maybe we can sort of ease you into it and tell you a bit more of the premise and finally do some spoilers later. But yeah. uh, so, uh, what we all what we all think of the movie? So Should what we go I didn't tell you guys yet is that oh I yeah. actually rewatched it earlier today because I wanted fresh thoughts on my <laughs> mind because I fucking love this so movie. Did you take like time off work to go and watch it? <laughs> I might have left work a little bit early so I could go and watch it. We can scrub um, that so that your boss no, doesn't no, listen. No, 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 no. I. Uh, <laughs> I, so I, did, I didn't today. leave. I honestly didn't leave that early. But yeah, no, I um I watched it again for a third fucking time, mind you, Insane. because it's been two weeks since the last time I watched it. I have such strong, vivid thoughts oh, that how I wanted to, to remember, remember yeah. as I as I wanted as, as I was going to be here. So yeah, I thought, right. fuck it, and I went and rewatched it again because I love this film. I think it's great. I think it's got its flaws, but I think yeah, it's a right. fucking fantastic film. Wild. Okay, right. Well, so I I liked it, but didn't love it. I thought that the movie uh, Nope suffered from a lot of <laughs> suffered a lot of the same shortcomings that his movie Us did, where um, there was lots of cool ideas that felt like he just was like, "Oh, wouldn't it be cool if I did this?" And I realize that you probably have a whole bunch of thoughts on this, but my my thoughts were there, there was a lot of stuff in Nope where they were just like neat ideas that look cool or sound cool but didn't really tie together mm. uh into like a cohesive a cohesive story and a cohesive character arc and i can think specifically of like um the stuff around the the sitcom Stephen Ewan's Stephen Ewan's arc I thought there was lots of really cool stuff where like I get the ideas that they're talking about about like exploitation of animals and things like that and like the, the connections that they were making with the um, fallacy the of Haywood. control and yeah, stuff yeah and like the thing that. where they were saying like oh Haywood was the first uh, black man on cinema and mm. uh, no one talks about him and so the, the idea about like treating something as an a, as an animal or as an object or mm. as a tool and exploiting it I get that but I just don't think that some of those elements mm. were so valuable to the movie that they couldn't have been excluded in favour of more character development. So my tight review is that I thought that it had one of the most ambitious scripts that I'd ever seen. I thought it was one of the most visually impressive films I'd seen and I thought it sounded like so unique and very interesting. And I agree with you in the sense that the writing doesn't always come together in a nice, tight, cohesive arc. But Mm. I think the cool stuff that is pulled off in favour of having a nice, tight arc on the couple of watches I've had, I am... 
more than willing to forgive. So I understand that there's I some flaws so. with the writing that we'll go on to in more detail because yeah. I'm really keen to talk about them and, and why I've tied them up in my head in a way that I think is okay. Yeah. But that is my tight, cohesive narrative. My my problem, before I go to you, Andrew, my problem was that um, there was a lot of stuff where I was... It just There was a lot of moments in Nope where I didn't feel bored, but I just sort of felt like I'm watching it being like, what's 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 going on here like there's a lot of slow stuff at the ranch and slow stuff where they're sort of talking to the fucking best buy guy about the cameras and all this stuff where i'm like what's what's happening and then it'll flash to like them meeting with steven yuan and flashbacks to the sitcom stuff where i was like come on come on like uh, this is cool but if you could have condensed the movie into a way where the character development felt like it was tighter and more focused I would not be never be questioning like why am I watching this, Andrew? Would you? Um, I actually never felt that way with the pacing stuff. I really didn't struggle. Um, struggle. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, like <laughs> yeah, struggle against when you. <laughs> what I mean is struggle in the movie. sense where you're mm. wondering, like, where you're trying to, where you're trying to give a movie the benefit of the doubt by saying, like, I'm assuming I've missed something here, or I'm assuming that I should be more engaged than I am. That's what I mean by struggle. You know, when you're like, I want to like this movie, but for some reason it's not grabbing me, and I'm not really sure why I'm yeah. watching this right now. I just didn't have that same sensation. Um, and yeah. I feel like it wasn't that I wasn't following. It was just that I was like, I think he thinks this is cool, in- but invested. I Invested. You weren't invested yeah. is what you mean, right? Yeah, yeah. that's kind of what I mean. And the struggle comes from wanting to be invested versus not being. And yeah. sitting in the cinema being like, I would like this to feel better than it does. Yeah. Um. So, I just... Yeah, I just didn't really have that. I actually thought... Um, so I did not like us. I was quite disappointed by it. I did like yeah. Get Out, although I've only seen it the one time I think. And I back in what twenty sixteen or something. I didn't see it when it came out, so it was more recent than that. It was oh. Since we were doing the podcast, but um, but I did quite like it, and uh, I kind of felt like it was much more like yeah. I feel like I don't know. Maybe us was a bit of like sophomore album syndrome yeah. type stuff, where he you know he he I don't know how many years he spent writing us. Um, but he must have spent a really long time writing Get Out. And yeah. it felt like that was just a much more kind of polished uh, set of ideas. For me, Get Out is like a perfect movie. And Us, yeah, exactly. Like a difficult second album thing is a good way of putting yeah, it. Yeah, I just didn't... Us felt like it didn't make sense. And yeah. and more importantly than the fact that... I I don't feel like I understood fully what he was trying to do with it. I, if I, I feel like... Us felt frustrating because it was like, fuck, I feel like if I could have a conversation with Jordan Peele, I would understand this movie because I'm sure that the ideas are in his head, but it just didn't feel like they translated onto the screen. Um, The way that the, I can't remember what the characters are called, but like the way that the people who live below ground Mm. function, Mm -hmm. it it just frustrated me. I spent more time. And it leads you down a garden path where you think it's going to get explained and then it just sort of isn't. Right, exactly. And so I, I wouldn't mind that if I also felt like the not the subtext, but the text of the story was all there and it was completely enough to keep you hooked. If you were watching a movie not knowing anything about who Jordan Peele was or what he did with Get Out or or what his agenda was as a filmmaker Mm. and the fact that he likes to play so much in that metaphorical subtextual space, then I think Us is a mess. I think Get Out is a very (laughs) cohesive... He's talking about you two, I think. Yeah, (laughs) but Get Out is a very cohesive story where I think you can watch that movie not knowing anything about what it's metaphorically trying to do and get something really clean out of it. And I I think for me, the reason I really quite enjoyed uh, Nope is that it felt like on its uh, surface level where it was was just dealing with that... It was all very... 
reasonable and you could only follow that and still be entertained and still enjoy it. And so I think as a minimum viable product, you have to have that text I think in so. place. And I feel like us, he fucked that up. Yeah. For me personally, lots of people loved it. Lots of people didn't. But yeah. this movie, I really like. It made me realize I love these type of films. I don't think I'm spoiling anything by referring no, to No, I mean, that, right? it's like they say like thing at the beginning yeah, of the movie. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah, like yeah. not not knowing not telling people. I, mean, I, I, I avoided it when I spoke it, about yeah. it yeah. cuz I so we'll cuz I I knew that was the premise because of the trailer spoiling it. But yeah. there's enough plot twist that it didn't ruin it for me either. So Yeah, I mean, well so I, I suppose we haven't really talked very much about it after my initial like tune out warning, but if you don't care or if you like want to hear a bit more about the plot, the idea is that these ranchers that own this horse ranch on the outskirts somewhere in California. So his the the, the father on the ranch is killed by all this like falling shrapnel like a coin that goes like that seems like it's come from nowhere straight into his brain they talk and about on the on on set of one of the things they talk about something fell out of a plane is what yeah they and like a horse runs loose one day and Daniel Kalia runs after it and he sees this fucking UFO thing and so the, the, the first half of the movie is them being like alright we are gonna get rich we, are, we clearly can't run this horse ranch we're yeah. gonna get rich by getting a viral video done of this UFO yep, and it's yep. going to be the best fucking viral video anyone's ever done we're going to yep. get video surveillance across the whole fucking ranch they're like uh, we're going to get the proof the yeah. Oprah shot yeah that's and what they so, keep referring to it yeah, as, yeah. and so ha- most of the movie is them trying to uh, trying to get this video and mm. trying to get this UFO that seemingly is like focused over their area of this valley it sort of keeps coming back on video yeah, yeah. Uh, and Within that is all these business dealings that they have with Stephen Yuen's character, who owns like a a Wild West. He's also like their neighbor. He, yeah, so he owns so an he, adjoining property. Yeah, so he owns like a Wild West themed theme park, like the next property yeah. over, uh, and they're like selling their horses to him to make money Since because the father failing. died. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and there's, 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 so that, that's kind of the, that's kind of the movie. It's half them trying to get this viral video of this UFO thing, yeah. and it's half them like doing these dealings with Stephen Yuen's character and Stephen Yuen's character like doing his business shit, and you mm-hmm. sort of see a lot of that as well. And sort of the background is like, the, so Kiki Palmer and Daniel Kaluuya are brother and sister. Yeah, they're kind of estranged. Uh, yeah, but this is sort of them forced to be being more close together mm-hmm. in light of their father's death. Yeah. And sort of trying to process that and understand that. So it's a yeah. bit of a story about grief. So, I would not yeah. necessarily say, I mean, that's obviously a core part of the story, but I wouldn't say that this is like, the whole story isn't a metaphor for the grieving process or anything quite no. that simple. It's just Insane that that's that I heard part people of the story subtext. That it's a, like it's just a dumb monster film when it's not like Peel's other films. I disagree with that. I think there are some really interesting layers in this film that I really yeah. enjoyed unpicking. Well, I so. mean, so I would say very, visually I thought it was awesome and I thought there's lots of great sequences, lots of great action stuff. Aesthetically and sound-wise, I thought this movie was great. I just I just think that I've, I've held him to such a high standard because I liked Get Out so much. Mm. And so I thought, I, I thought it was really interesting what you said about Get Out being so focused and perfect and then us being kind of a mess Whereas it seems like, at the very least, nope, I guess is what you're saying, is that nope, at least, the surface level UFO storyline stuff is very polished. I think it's much more coherent. Yeah. So I think that the main bit that perhaps I had a problem with, I suppose the movie didn't feel long, but like, I suppose the Stephen Yuen stuff... 
didn't really feel like. Yeah. And I, I sort of wrote some stuff down, but it, yeah. it didn't I'm really. I'm going to get into that like, when we're in spoiler territory, so I can prove okay. you wrong about it. I'm, okay. ready. I'm well, ready for this. So <laughs> the, the bit that I had was like, I mean, uh, the Stephen Yuen's. Wait, we're, chari- not in, we're not in spoilers. Not yet, no. Yeah, no right. The right. Stephen Yuen's yeah. character stuff, uh, like, uh, where it's sort of showing all this childhood trauma that he had. Uh, on the set of this, Gordy. Uh, on the set of this, the sitcom where the monkey goes crazy and kills people, which um, the movie—that's not a spoiler. So the movie opens on a sequence where it's clearly a sitcom film, yeah. and a chimpanzee, I think, kills yeah. the entire cast. Yeah. And so there's several well, flashbacks, but yeah. there's several flashbacks to that. Names and I just get—I I, just—I I guess that like, I just didn't feel like that that had much of a bearing. On like it doesn't motivate him in a way that I think is very explicit, and it doesn't it doesn't seem to influence or drive him in a way or like hold Steven him. Yen or Steven Yuen. It doesn't seem okay. to hold him back in any way. It doesn't seem to be driving him forward in any way. It just seems like mm. it's this cool flashback sequence that they show that takes yeah, right. up like half an hour of the movie. And I get that that it's it's this thing that he's reflecting on later in the movie, and maybe and that's enough. But for me, it wasn't enough. For yeah. me, it was like. What's the piece of this in the movie, and why you showing me this? Other than isn't it cool? To me, it shows Mm. his hubris that's reflected in a scene that takes place later in the film, which I've ranted about. But I got to I got to talk more about plot before. I don't know if it's yeah, it's interesting. I don't know if it's hubris. I think okay. I reckon let's. I I can feel us verging into spoiler territory, Mm. so I think we just call it here and we say like, um, actually, okay, sorry. Right before we do that, I think one thing that's worth talking about, which we don't have to spoil anything for, is the cinematography of this film, which is sort of is so almost sick. indistinct from the story itself. Yeah. So, uh, this was shot by Hoyte van Hoytema, who is the <laughs> cinematographer that worked. That's Very how he says name. That's made up. <laughs> that he's a cinematographer that worked on Tenet, and I think oh, yeah. if I, I, I wouldn't hold myself to account for this because I didn't like that movie really at all, but I would say one of the best things about Tenet is the way that it is shot. Um, yeah. So he's a cinema. He also shot like uh, uh, Ad Astra, which was also a movie I fucking hated, but that looked beautiful. Yeah. Um, so he's a very, very, very talented cinematographer, and this is like an IMAX ass fucking movie where like it's meant to be grand. It's meant to be. It's meant to look epic, almost well, we in the style of like well. old yeah. westerns. Yeah, exactly. There's so, so many sick wide shots in this movie. Yeah. yeah. The way that they, they actually developed like new technology to shoot scenes at night, where they so every scene in this movie. This I don't know if you guys know this already, but every scene in this movie that was shot at night, quote end quote, was shot during broad daylight. Really. And the setup that they used, because <laughs> the setup that they used was that they actually in, invented a new. Uh, so they repossessed a stereoscopic three-dimensional camera rig. So the way that stereoscopic 3D works is you have two cameras set up very close to each other. Then you get like a slight parallax from the different offset angle that the cameras use. Then they uh, modified that rig so both cameras were shooting the exact same image. And I think they used like a mirror split style thing. So what they ended up with was a 35mm camera pointing straight ahead and an Arri Alexa camera which was modified to only shoot infrared pointing directly upwards at the sky seeing a mirrored image of what was being shot so both cameras are getting the same exact information but one of them is recording 35 millimeter film and one of them is recording infrared and then uh, in post they overlaid the color and texture information from the 35 mil film with the light information from the uh ari and that ended up overlaying perfectly to create what looks like a nighttime scene once your eyes have adjusted to the natural level of light, 
which I think is really beautiful. Oh. I've never seen light like nighttime scenes because the, the problem that they were dealing really with, good. Yeah. right? <laughs> the problem that they were dealing with was they they looked at where they were shooting and they were like, well, we can't light this. We're in the middle of the fucking desert and you want wide shots. We can't put a light anywhere. There's no ambient light source. We can't color grade this because there's no way we can use the existing information. We have to shoot this in a way that's not real, basically. And on Ad Astra, where uh, he'd had to shoot, do you remember the uh, lunar no. rover? The, I do. You might the lunar I rover I chase with, scene. I watched sure. it with you guys actually. There's a chase scene between two lunar rovers, and so the, it looks like it was shot on the surface of the moon because they shot it in the desert and they'd used hmm. almost this technology. So they iterated on that for the for these nighttime scenes, and I think it looks amazing. It's 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 not like anything you've ever seen before. It looks incredible. That's a I nice little kind bonus. I just assumed that they had filmed it at night with an amazing camera. No, yeah, it's hmm. it's totally yeah. new. I'll tech. be honest, I don't understand how that works, but it sounds really cool. I don't understand why they need the infrared, but it makes so, it, it's like when you film infrared, the sky looks black. And so it looks like a night sky, but then other things when you turn up the contrast are lit. Fucking goodbye filming at night if that's the case, because this looked like the best well, fucking fuck night shoot better, I've ever you seen. Need, but you need a rig that can shoot both yeah. images at exactly the same time, so it's a very it's, expensive rig. Anyway, speaking of the cinematography, it'll, it'll, give it five years and we'll be able to do that at our level. Interesting. Speaking about the cinematography, the fact it was filmed on IMAX and it's designed for a big screen, there was things I was noticing in this third watch where I was like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, if you watched on a phone, there are tiny details that you wouldn't miss that you kind of have. To to see yeah there was a it, Which, I, I noticed that too there's a couple it, it seems like a movie like, to watch mm, in the cinema like just small things that you would you just see in a cinema but you yeah. won't see it on a small screen so yeah. it's interesting thinking about how it is designed for a very large screen and yeah. I, d- I don't know if it'll be lost in a small screen i just don't know like, i okay, think so i uh, like let me put it this way this is harking over to the end of my review i'll buy this in 4k because I Fuck just don't know right. if there's any other way to watch it, to be mm. honest. Like, I I think this needs to be watched on a sizable screen mm. with good contrast, with good high fidelity. Yeah. I think, like, streaming <laughs> compression is kind of going to fuck this movie yeah. up. Yeah. When, yeah. I, when I first watched this, the cinema screen was broken in my first viewing, and there were 30 blue dots that only appeared in dark yeah. screens. I had those, I had those in the same, we the same cinema. It was very did annoying. you? Yeah. Oh, man. Sucks so well, Maybe much. not that many, but it was quite a few. No, nah, there um, were 30. It was wild. Fuck. Should we give a little spoiler warning before we just yeah so I think this is it and the sound the visuals in the soundtrack are amazing the performances are fucking incredible from every Mm. single from Kaluuya and all of the secondary characters and Daniel Kaluuya who I just believed were real siblings it was really cool so I think like if you liked Get Out if you like alien invasion movies I liked I would liken this in some ways to like Independence Day you know like uh Spielberg in, in, kind in of some ways, right? Kind of he's arcing back to a lot of like Jaws type Spielberg type. Oh stuff. yeah, yeah. Jaws is a great one. So like yeah. classic monster movies that are done really well. Uh, all of those kind of films. If you like all of that, I think there's really something to this. I didn't. I expected not to like this movie because of the way that Us went, but I actually quite liked it. I think it's just a good movie. Yeah. So right. I think okay. it's worth your time. Mm, but now it? let's get into spoilers. <laughs> so this is spoiler warning. If you don't want to spoil, this is it. This is a good five seconds to you know crash your car into a tree and rip your headphones out. <laughs> um, single car collision. Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. That's right. If you uh, if you did crash your car into a tree and rip your headphones Welcome out, back. email us. Uh, Beefstationpod at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so don't do that. The big twist. No, if if it did happen, if you've already done it, please don't. Obviously, yeah, don't if, crash. But if your you're car. on the fence, look, if, don't do it. If you're currently still driving and you're like, should I crash my car? If don't you're humming and ahhing, if you're hemming and whoring, would really. <laughs> if you're he and whoring, 
When I listen to this later, <laughs> I'm going to crash my fucking car. No, don't. <laughs> I told you not um, to. Uh, yeah, email us though. If you have crashed your car, do email us. If it's already <laughs> happened, you may as well. After your insurance, I suppose. Company. Right? No, no. You may as well, right? Like we don't want that content to go to waste. I suppose. <laughs> so, Preferably get it on record. Like call in, and we can yeah. kind of put it on the next step, so we can get it in writing that we didn't cause it. Uh, yeah. so, so the the big the big thing that uh, this has the the, the, the big twist, twist the big plot twist is that it's not an alien spaceship. It's like a it's like a UFO shaped. Creature, it's a a predatory creature. It's not clear if it's from another planet or if it's from our planet, and it's just been long lost or extinct or what have you. Yeah, the point is, it's just an angry territorial predator that eats people by creating a vortex and sucking them up, kind of like a giant flying squid. So it's not a tractor beam; it's like sucking single cows up to like eat them. Horses, yeah. And Stephen Yuen's character has been buying their horses. To feed to mm. this thing because mm. he thinks it's a he thinks it's an alien spaceship that's sucking them up, but well, it's this monster that is like yeah. returning. I actually week think he knows week. it's not a, an alien spaceship. I had a bit of a debate with a couple of people I've watched this about, but yes, he's exploiting it regardless. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so, I think that one of the things that I didn't like about the movie was just that. Um, I, th- I suppose I've said it before, and the fact that we're in Seal Seal section doesn't really matter. So yeah, I, I, just, right. I just thought that there was a lot of stuff around yeah. Stephen Yuen's character His and about how story he's been not coming back. Right? Yeah, the Gordy story doesn't really come back. And look, I get what it's saying about how, like, look, in the same way as he is exploiting the monster, G- Gordy was exploited, and the black jockey was exploited, mm. and that Hollywood. And the entertainment industry is a system and an industry that is based on exploitation Mm. in all these different ways. I understand that. But I just think that, like, the fact, including this extra gaudy storyline, is is really just him being like, wouldn't it be cool if we had a sequence Mm. where a chick gets beat up by a monkey? So, for me, the reason I really like it is because I think it's mirrored when the alien alien sort of um, creature has a similar berserk freakout that's mirroring the gaudy freakout because of the fa- like the, the plastic horse that's stuck in its windpipe. Yeah. And so you have Stephen Ewan recalling the event where he, and I've read some reviews that think that he is actually misremembering the gaudy event because he has the shoe, the shoe that he sees standing upright that is perpendicular for an unexplained reason. It's, yeah. it's a reference to a bad miracle. He's framed that in his like his shrine to the gaudy stuff. And the idea being that when he thinks Gordy's coming in for a fist bump because he's friends with Gordy and he's immune to this, animal freak out for whatever reason he's actually misremembering that event his hubris being that he's trying to tame this predatory animal he's trying to exploit it by pretending it's UFO whether it is one or not the point is he thinks he has control over it he thinks he's immune to the alien freak out and just like how Gordy freaked out this UFO freaks out and kills not just him but his entire family and all his friends and stuff that come along to the show and so when he's staring into the UFO it's the same thing where he's thinking he's staring at the fist bump and he thinks he's immune but he's not and he ends up becoming Sort of falling foul to his own hubris by thinking he can exploit this and get away with it. I, I like had that. a slightly more removed reading from this. I honestly thought you were going to say slightly more sophisticated. <laughs> no, like, no, I it's not more better... sophisticated. I think I'm actually reading into it a little less. But um, yeah, yeah. but uh, the, the, when he, so when Stephen Yeun's character kind of opens the opens the chamber to them and and is like, come in and look at all my gaudy shit. Um, the fact that he's only... I mean, he can only... and I was talking with Laura about it afterwards, and uh, she said the fact that he can only process that through 
Um, he can't even talk about what happened directly. Like, he's so traumatized by it. The only way he can actually talk about the events that happened is by talking about the SNL mm. sketch that they did of the thing. Yeah. And then he even can't even talk about that. He just says, like, oh, this performance was great in that sketch. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. he's so clearly, like, his he's really hasn't dealt with any of what happened very well. Mm. But he, the only way that he can move forward with it is to capitalize on it basically is to to use it as a tool to make money and so he's doing he starts doing that again so i wouldn't say i I would say the hubris angle is kind of interesting because i don't think think he's ever Mm. i don't think he's ever particularly confident in his abilities Mm. around it i think he sees himself as like he has survivor's guilt yeah basically Mm. and He's tried to set up this park, and when he realizes he has a similar opportunity, he just handles it in the same way of like, yeah. why well, need to use this as an opportunity to try and make mm. money and, and prove something? What, what clues does it give that his memory of the the monkey thing are fake? Other like the fist bump thing, I suppose. Other than the fact that it's impossible. Well, the, the idea that the it's just shoe. sort of it's it's a bit of a reading of, but the idea that that shoe is just in an insane like angle, like it, there's no way it could be standing in that sort of way. Right, and so it's and like then, inherently, if he's yeah. misremembering this shoe, then what else is he misremembering? Laura the offered idea. that uh, it's not actually the fact that he's misremembering it as much as the fact that, or, or the reason he remembers it that way is because that's how it's set up in the museum. Mm, so yeah, he's actually okay. like retrospectively. Yeah. Re-establishing it's an, it's history, like an yeah. unreliable memory, yeah. yeah which yeah, I, exactly. which I quite liked. Yeah. I like that. I suppose I ha- I, did, I didn't think of the idea yeah. that it's an unreliable yeah. and or I, like a missed memory or whatever. I wish it, and if you'll if you'll permit me a minute, I wish it and oh. five other things. Well, sorry, four other things were more explicit because I've managed to make myself okay with these five things <laughs> that I think are flaws in the writing. Where it could have been just a little bit more explicit. The first one is the idea that that Stephen Ewan's character is trying to tame this animal. It's a throwaway line delivered by Daniel Kaluuya where he says, "Dupe." tried to tame the predator but you can't tame a predator you have to enter an agreement with one mm. and then they talk that's a line that my partner mm. when we watched missed a friend that i watched it with the first oh, time no, he missed. yeah that's why, it's I just throwaway that's line. why if you miss like that hubris. line you won't you won't get that and i feel like having so much contained within one line of dialogue that daniel kaluuya manages to figure out that's too flimsy but i still really like it as a concept yeah. there is a lot of stuff where it's just daniel kaluuya figuring shit out that out of nowhere one like of the, the other things the is thing the where idea that he figures out it's a predator it's kind of like un- yeah. unbelievable that he could figure that out in like, such a quick time. It does the thing where it's like, oh, horses don't like being looked in the eye, but horses aren't predators. And like, I don't know, he just seems to pull oh, it out of his stallions ass. stallions kind of are. They'll oh, fucking kill you. Well, the thing, he just seems to pull it out of his ass a bit where he's like, oh, I bet it's a monster and I bet that it doesn't like when yep. you look it in the eye and I bet that it'll attack you if you look it in the eye and that's oh. probably what's going to happen. And like, it just feels like well, that bit just comes just out of nowhere. Just the point where he's driving and he calls his sister and he's like, it's a creature, it's a predator, kill them all. Like, it's not clear how he figured that out. And I think that's yeah. a bit of a flaw of the writing. And I think that's I think that's kind of also one of the... It all ties together into one of the reasons why I didn't find a lot of the stuff earlier in the film very mm. compelling. I think the first hour drags a bit because it yeah. doesn't feel like it's very relevant yeah. to the second half of the movie. The I must have been in a very tolerant movie. Very quickly, the, the other yeah. three things, um, the unfurling of the creature. I, f- I know a lot of people found that confusing. I found it confusing when I first watched it because it's not clear why it suddenly unfurls. I think it's one of the things where Peel was like, fuck, wouldn't it be cool if it unfurled? Now, yeah. when I, what I read is that it unfurls because when it tries to suck up Angel, I've forgotten the, the uh, character's name. By the way, 
way, that character was supposed to die and the actor was like, nah, that's not the end of this character's journey. And they wrote that he survives into the script because that's he wanted sick. his character to survive, which I think is great. Yeah, that's apparently sick. Peel saw his audition and changed. Yeah, yeah, character. which is cool. Yeah. So when I it tries to eat him, yeah. it doesn't. And then the creature feels threatened and like unfurls. But it's not really clear enough why it's doing that. Because then also it breaks its own rules and it sucks Kiki Palmer out of a house. And like that was previously established as something that the creature couldn't do. So yeah. I understand that's a bit of a flaw that could have been <laughs> just a little bit more like clear. It's like, for example, when it got scared by the, by the flags, that could have been a moment where it unfurled. Where it, it seemed I like it was it being scared threatened. by the flags. It, yeah, like, it, it like choked on them. Yeah, but then when Kaluuya like has them coming out of the back of the horse and, and it, backs it, off. it goes away, yeah. that would have made sense because it was getting threatened. But all that happens is it does doesn't quite eat someone, which is like not that much. I, I didn't I mind the, the unfurling. The unfurling yeah. really? was like it's really? going like full beast mode. It's like, all right, motherfucker, this is the final yeah, end. Yeah, like, I interesting. felt like because it, it was the most confusing. It was, so it's uh, interesting. I don't know. I, I thought, you know when like, I don't know, you ever been playing with someone's pet that's kind of uncertain yeah. and it get, it sort of reaches this point where they're like, all right, I'm overstimulated now. Fuck this. Yeah. Like I'm over it now. Yeah. yeah. I kind of just reached it as this point of like, because it's the most they've interacted with it. It's mm. the most that any humans I think mm. have interacted with it and in a very different yeah. way. And it doesn't yeah. need to be stealthy like, anymore either. Right. Yeah. I felt like it just reached a, thres- a threshold of like, I'm kind of sick of this shit now. Mm. You've, I feel like you're fucking with me. And mm. so like, well, that's just, great. Then then don't worry about that. Yeah. That's It's gone. That you don't have to bother writing that in the that is Jordan Peele's it's act. Gone, What's the next bit? The other thing, though, is um, Antlers Holst, oh, who has a fucking amazing voice. Is his voice right. just not fucking So that's, that's the cinematographer guy. Uh, I like kind of felt way purple, too on the purple nose. Peter, yeah, purple Peter. Yeah. I liked that guy, but I think I, I liked his voice. But I thought everything about the character just seemed like, why is this character? He was my like least this? favorite character. Oh, really? In the whole thing. Oh, yeah, I, I just liked his voice. But this, the sacrifice the part like for him note. was very strange. That made absolutely no sense. The idea that he was suddenly out of nowhere talking about yeah. the impossible shot as yeah. being this mythologized. Oh, no, that, that bit made the most sense well. to me. Yeah, yeah exactly. I feel <laughs> when he's like, it's nearly golden hour. Yeah, I was like, yeah. that's actually what cinematography no, 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 is no. like. But the bit where he like decides to kill himself and he says, that's like, the oh, turn. So did that you bit doesn't make any sense. Did you notice he like um, takes some medication at one point? Like it's no. implied that he's terminally ill at one point. Like he takes medication when he's setting up the stuff in the tent with Angel. Totally mm. missable. Like just something like that could have been made more explicit that he's terminally ill. That's he's the like, thing. if it's I'm like, going to die, I'll die yeah. doing what I love in this golden era environment. Like mm. there's something great there and it's, totally thrown away like he's yeah. actually been written into the script to make more sense but they don't linger on it enough for right. it to actually sort of give it enough credit which that's exactly right I, I think that if I, I'm happy with movies being subtle and I'm happy with movies being like uh, having, like it, having stuff flying under the radar like that but if it's stuff like that where it's like a key justification for character motivations and stuff mm. I, I, I think having like one shot of him taking a pill yeah. where that could be anything. It's too, it's too flimsy. That's I just right. saw him as like his he like he if if Especially it's kind of established as he's one of the greatest working cinematographers alive. His and he's his modus operandi is basically like, right. His modus operandi is like if I'm not going to get the best possible shot, or if I'm not going to get a shot of something that's going to make other people wish they were me, I might as well die. Yeah, and so yeah. either I get the shot. Or it fucking kills right. me. I'm uh, kind of totally okay with that as the, like a motivation. Yeah, I mean, it's absurd. It's an absurd character. The bit at the end, yeah, it was absurd in a movie that wasn't very absurd, and <laughs> and, and, and I just didn't like. <laughs> Not very absurd. <laughs> no, I mean, like, the, the, the rest of the movie was great. in in its own logic grounded in, in a way where like makes sense, this guy yeah. like fucking like yeeting himself up into this 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 monster for no reason. I, I didn't really follow. I didn't especially think he thought he was gonna die. 
well, how do they think he's going to get the camera down? Like, he planned everything out meticulously yeah. about, like, all the mechanical and physics about how exactly how his cameras are going to work and had a very specific process established for, like, how he was going to, like, get the film changed in all the cameras. And then he's like, no, nah, I'm just going straight up into the alien, fellas. Like, I just thought, like, for a guy that's been so particular about every other part of his shoot, I don't believe that this guy would just jump straight up into the trap. He left all that shit behind, so he knew he had the shots already. Well, did you know that that all gets destroyed? It does, yeah, Yeah. but I don't think he he wasn't accounting for that. Yeah. Right, and that's yeah. why the only remaining shot of the thing is the which up also the well. even that oh. isn't super clear because you could miss that footage yeah, or get no. destroyed. Like uh, I've watched it with some people who were like, yeah. "Why did it matter? Why did that last?" Photo I assumed matter? it all got and destroyed. And then yeah. you can see it. You can see it. The problem is yeah. that Angel's running away, so you you you, could you think miss it's it. about but him. You can see but it, and you can see the it. film getting thrown. Like you, you yeah. can see it, but again, it's not super sure. Yeah, I agree that if you're saying, but I think he thought that was safe. We've got the shot, and then he was saying, "I'm going to go for the one." Extra, which is the yeah. Oprah shot, right? Yeah. He's yeah. going for the Oprah shot, yeah. and yeah. then he fucking dies. But I don't yeah. think he thinks I'm gonna kill myself. Yeah, he oh. th- he thinks I'm gonna go for it, and if I end up dying, I've already got all of this other stuff that might do it anyway. Yeah, and I, then I took it as in the end of the story, which is bigger than him. I saw it as like a bit I don't of think he's committing suicide. I think it's more just like. He's he's willing to risk dying. Yeah. yeah, or like he doesn't care if he lives or dies. Yeah, he's, he's in pursuit. Yeah. One thing yeah. that I, one main thing is that I thought that, um, for me, one of the main motivations for Daniel Kaluuya's character as the main character was like, it seems like he was struggling to work out like what his place in the world was and what he should be doing with his life and he sort of always felt like he was obligated to continue his father's business and I thought that the movie kind of established that he couldn't do that and that that wasn't really uh, what his direction in life was intended to be because he's not very good at the whole... He's not good at sales. Yeah, he's not good at the sales part of it and his sister sort of doesn't give a fuck about the business and so... I think he does because he knows... you You remember when his sister's talking about like... You guys sold my horse, or you whatever, and he's like, actually, it was on this set. We were doing this, and they ended up using camels anyway. I think yeah. he has a good memory for the business. I feel like he's the the technical side of things. Yeah, he just completely lacks the charisma. Right. So he, but he doesn't have someone that's the charisma up the front of the business. Yeah. I I thought I was expecting something at the end of the movie to sort of wrap up his part of sort of his own personal crisis about that, mm. and I think the movie didn't. The movie was just kind of like, oh, they got the shot. A happy ending, uh, in a way where I thought, well, no, but the whole the whole motivation for Daniel Kaluuya's character was like him supposed to be coming out of his shell and working yeah, out right. like what he was supposed to be doing with his business and what the direction of and what his father's legacy was going to be and all this sort of stuff. And I just kind of felt like it was like, oh, suddenly he's really confident and jumps on a horse and attacks an alien. In a way where I just thought like. I kind of felt like him having the confidence to do that, I can believe, but that being like his main emotional, uh, Mm. like his main emotional turning point in the movie, I thought like that's not really where I thought it was ending up. I thought that maybe he was going to have some sort of thing where it, it comes to grips with his family and with his father's legacy and with his relationship with his sister in a way where they might have sort of I don't know high-fived and rolled into the sunset and said let's start let's keep this business going well I was fine with it because it turns into a survival story at the end and that the yeah. whole story is that they they survive and not only do they get their shot they kill the creature like and that's where the turn is yeah, less about them getting 
getting the shot, and then it's all about them trying to ki- like kill Jaws, basically. I don't even think the and creature so I was fine with it. Really wronged them that much. Like the creature stole like it, it I killed like forty people. I suppose it. <laughs> I suppose it killed his dad and took one of his horses. But I feel like within the context of the emotional arc of the movie. I didn't really get that. Like they were like, we have to kill this creature to take revenge. They were just like, oh, well, we have I don't to think kill they this creature out to kill it. It's just all of a sudden. So it's whatever a it is, they were like, yeah. we have to feel like we have conquered the task that is coming to grips with this creature. Um, but they want the shot. Like that's why they were just doing it to make money. It. I feel like. Yeah, but I think that's that's. I mean, look, if you look at like. I didn't like us, but that's a movie about fucking class analysis, mm. right? Yeah. I think his movies always have an undercurrent yeah. of class analysis, mm. partly because they always have an undercurrent of race analysis yeah. and those two things are inseparable. Yeah. I well, think okay. a lot of the characters' motivations in this film are driven by I want to be paid enough yep. for what I do yeah. that I'm willing to risk my life for this okay. shit. And there are well, metaphors planted in this because Keith David dies literally looking at money. Like yeah. it's yeah, a really okay. cool concept. Okay, and well, my partner gave me that, so she'll. I like that. All right, I credit that. <laughs> shout, shout out! Thanks for that. Um, well, so I, I think I about like it being a survival movie. Like it's it for me. It shifts away from being in un, in the metaphorical sense of why they're doing things up yeah. into the literal narrative sense of why they're doing things. And the literal narrative sense is well, we've we've. Uh, because of all these like story rules that have been established, we can only get the shot in this particular way using all yeah. these fucking uh, wavy men and stuff, and um, we have to do this elaborate scheme, and then the elaborate scheme goes haywire. So the only thing that they can do, because they've now pissed the creature off, yeah. is to do some ragtag plan to try and kill it. I will say I loved the theme. Uh, I love the idea of the creature making electric stuff not work. I thought yeah, that was that sick. Yeah, that was a very powerful visual. Uh, visual yeah. yeah, and and then and I they thought they did it in really subtle ways that I only watched realized in my second go through. Where like you can see power lines like way in the distance that just couldn't work on a small screen like mm. Fade, showing the creature kind of moving. Yeah, across. like it's done really subtly and really well. And there's lots of cool ideas where it's like as the characters that are challenged with this, the idea that they spread the cameras out so that if one camera goes down, they know that the other one will need to trigger. Mm. And the idea that they had all these different wacky inflatable tube men dudes mm. so that they could track where it was. I thought that was a fucking sick idea. Yeah. yeah um, it looked great too. It did. I, I mean, maybe the idea with the motivations of Daniel Kalu's character was like, if the idea was he didn't feel like he had much success and uh, he felt like he needed success, I didn't really feel that as much at the beginning of the movie. It was like, yeah, his dad died, but like he's got this massive ranch with 15 horses and a huge reputation in Hollywood and it shows him failing on like one job and so mm. then the idea if the idea was that it was supposed to be like a rags to riches story i didn't really feel that as much and if the idea was that if it was supposed to be like a failure to success story i didn't feel that because it was like they have the most successful most well-regarded horse training place in hollywood down to like they have a bit of a slump and they've gone to i like don't a- think it was the most successful you gotta remember keith david at the very start he's like this one job this one job and then we'll be set like i think he's been yeah. saying it for years and i think that's the entire premise okay well maybe i just didn't feel that as much. if I, you're probably right if i go back and watch it again i might get that as much but they're I'm also a- clearly part of like a dying industry where yeah they, immediately after they get fired they, they the wheel green in the green horse screen horse yeah, so it's yeah like, okay yeah. their days are numbered anyway yeah. maybe it was just a bit a bit more subtle than i'm used to having a put together then whatever mm. I again I, I like something interesting happens sorry yeah, no, you're to right. talk over the top of you something interesting happens in these kind of stories which I think makes them more compelling which is that yes in theory it's a rags to riches story and I think when they're articulating the plan at the start about getting the Oprah shot it is 
described that way. But I think one of the things that happens is it stops being about what they're going to end up with if they succeed. And it starts just being about them wanting to be able to do the thing and have said, like, yeah. oh, I want to do this thing. And I think there's a turn that happens in these movies where the characters, one often one of the supporting characters will say to the protagonist, like, it's not worth it. We should give up. And the protagonist is like, yeah, I kind of feel like this is what I'm about now. Yeah. <laughs> and this is just what I'm going to do. Yeah. And, and even though the risk now outweighs the reward. And we kind of root for them because of that. Because we're just like, yeah, I just want to see them succeed. Yeah, definitely. And the so final... I think in this, in this movie, it's less about them. Like, they're not hyper fixating on, like, making money. It's that... They've literally identified that aliens are fucking real yeah. and that this thing exists and and if they don't get footage of it, they're going to spend the rest of their lives either not talking to anyone about it or telling people about it that don't believe them. And I think they can't stand the idea of being those people and so they have to get the shot, not for the money, but so that they can be reassured about what they experience. I think the final... Which I think is uh, something you can extrapolate way beyond witnessing an uh, alien. I think you yeah, can extrapolate definitely. that a lot to like, I had this important experience in my life and now, unless it's documented, yeah. people won't necessarily believe And there's this cor- camaraderie thing and this like sibling thing and yeah. the family and the belonging. Yeah, there's extra yeah. layers on it. I too, think yeah. the final sequence, I mean, we should probably wrap this up somewhere, but I, sure. I, I think that the final sequence is fucking awesome. The whole sequence with the the inflatable dudes yeah. uh, and where they're having the final confrontation with yeah. the and I thought the, the music and score great. specifically in that bit but also throughout is really good like it really it's stands sick. out yeah yeah mm. Um, I don't specifically remember the score of this. You go one, back and listen to it. I like think it's it, some stuff that's that always good too. Yeah. Like some stuff that's almost Western and it works. Yeah. It's really cool. That makes sense for the setting, I think. I know, yeah. I know. Yeah. yeah I, I think I said, yeah, the score was cool. I think I don't either, but I just remember being very impressed visually by it. Yeah, I remember right. it working at the time. I just can't yeah. think yeah. of a theme or anything. Yeah. yeah. And I think you're right again. The nighttime shots were fucking incredible. I think there was a lot of a lot of cool different sequences. Apparently with Brandon Perea's character, the Best Buy like tech genius guy. Fries, um, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Best fries. Apparently, he was supposed to be like a fun, nerdy guy who knows everything. And oh, really? Like really peppy. And <laughs> the Brandon Perez character was like, no, bro. Like, this guy is going to hate his job. Yeah, he's like, crushed under capitalism. Yeah. yeah. And Jordan Jordan was apparently like, oh, you're right. That's a, way, that's a way better idea. And so they sort of like reworked the character to be like, he just fucking hates his job. And I, <laughs> I just love the idea of that the Best Buy fries tech support guy just being completely over the job it's and so just like every time he talks to him and he's like I can set that up for you or he's you can such a good himself, yeah, I don't care he's, he's great. so yeah. funny and the, the the shit where like he's just he's just talking to Kiki uh, and Daniel about shit that they don't give a fuck about yeah. he's just talking about his yeah. ex-girlfriend Four and years. stuff and yeah. it's like man I've been there I've been in like he's a retail he's showing him the photo yeah. yeah yeah I've been in like a retailer or a hospital job where I'm like I'm just gonna talk to this customer I couldn't <laughs> give a fuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> Funny. I've done that, so I, I really loved him. He yeah. was he was fucking yeah, great. great. The costumes are really cool in this. I read some stuff from the costume designer where he, uh, uh, they wanted it to not be typical rancher stuff, and so that's why they did some interesting thing like having the Scorpion King crew jumper that Daniel yeah, Kaluuya wears, having them look just very different from your usual ranchers. You'll yeah. also recall Stephen Ewan had an insane suit, which yeah, I didn't realize suit. until the third, UFOs on it. third watch. I didn't realize there's a UFO on the back that's stitched in like embroidery. Yeah, yeah it's really. Really cool. And apparently the costume designer was like, oh, I don't know if Jordan's going to like it. And apparently uh, Stephen Ewan turned up the screen and Jordan was like, I fucking love it. He's yeah. like, oh, great. 
That's so yeah, there's some cool little little quirky costume design yeah. stuff that I thought was sick. And I thought just the world building, like whether you find it like like you know like good or not in terms of like the uh, the arcs, it's really like engrossing. Like the way he builds these worlds, and I always find his films to be exceptionally polished. If you know what I mean, like yeah. there's just nothing quite out of place. I like, think visually, yes, us didn't feel that way for me. Yeah, yeah. I think visually, yes. Uh, I That's what know. I mean, though, like the production itself, not yeah. necessarily the writing. I, the, right, the writing okay, yes. is honestly my main drawback with this, where I just felt like, I, I feel like the more I'm talking about it, the more it sort of seems like, yeah, maybe there is a justification for each of the points that might oh. is a problem for me. I've also got a beautiful mind on the plot, so it's fuck, kind of been hard to tell. The, the, but the, the, the I, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like, if yeah, there's a justification for each of those points, but also just the idea that... Um, it wasn't immediately clear. I feel dumb being like, no, it needs to be immediately explained to me. But it's like, no, I just no, feel like... I, I agree. I feel it's like a legitimate there, flaw. There weren't like, enough yeah. drips and drabs and clues yeah. in there where I just sort of feel like it shouldn't be relying on me going to some Reddit thread of some dude explaining it. It, sh- it should be... There should be clues in there where like, if I'm like, why did that fucking camera guy kill himself? It should be like... Mm. There should be more clues than just one shot of him taking a pill bottle. Did the, did the fake aliens in the middle get you guys? That yeah, scene that was, was a very well directed. Got me, yeah. man. I was, was like, great. and I, I liked watching on my second view. I watched my partner like kind of see yeah. the reaction. It's really cool, like that it's little good. turn. Because you're like, what the fuck? Because it's great plot twists in mm. this in this film. It is good. I thought. Uh, should we wrap it up? I think we've been going for a little yeah, while. Yeah, one last comment. With these movies, you always want... Like, this is a monster movie. You always want a good fucking amount of time looking at the monster yeah. on screen. Oh, yeah. This and had a very good amount of time looking at the monster on screen. You were saying you didn't like how it opened up. I thought that was my favourite bit. I love fucking... Uh, maybe you were just saying... So didn't maybe you didn't, say you didn't like it. it. But you it wasn't why. clear when it opened up. I loved up. it. Yeah. I thought it was sick. I, I thought it was so imaginative. Yeah. And I loved having something like that where it's just all these big sheets of linen. Like, kind mm, of... Yeah, it looks I great. Th- I thought it was sick and yeah I, I remind agree. me of like those biblically accurate interpretations that angels yeah. and yeah, well I, I they tried to call like Peel wanted to call on like Neon Genesis kind of imagery right. which yeah. apparently yeah. he really very liked, religious. which and wanted to evoke it create exactly did yeah. you guys have the TMZ thing where the motorcyclist that guy, guy comes sucked in? that was one of the worst I hated that entire character <laughs> you, <laughs> hated, you, you didn't like him in a way the that most I mean, you're not, you're not supposed to like the character no I thought like it was so, I thought it was such a stupid fucking addition the fact that he's like where's my camera Get the shot. Ooh, where's my camera? Like he's dying on the ground, and he's like, "Film me, bro. Film me." We literally had a guy dying, dying trying to get the yeah, shot. Yeah, but before. that felt earned, and you've already made the point. Yeah. So I know you're making fun of TMZ people with this yeah. guy, but it was so on the nose. I fucking hated it. Mm. Yeah, I didn't like it at all. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. man. We just had a text coming in through the group chat while we've been filming this, where um, Brody. Uh, friend of the show friend of the show that does Pat's podcast uh, said he liked Nope better than Get Out Brody you're a fucking lunatic I, that's a huge goal. well that's a good segue it's been so long since let's, I've seen Get Out I'd have to watch Get Out again let's get like. on to a better than let's worse then that's it I'll go first alright I was thinking about this in the car I also have only seen Get Out once when I talked about it on the pod so however long ago that was I might have preferred this you're an idiot. This might be better for me. You and Brady, fucking morons. No, I agree with that. And I'm not sure that you're f- it's you're, you're all fucking idiots. I don't think it's because <laughs> I'm going Get back Out. against the wall. <laughs> I don't think it's because Get Out is a better movie. But here's what I think. I think so. Like I am a white dude, obviously. Hell yeah. And so, and you didn't like all the black people in Get Out. I think that the themes in Get Out are not specifically targeted to me in a way where I find them as entertaining inherently because they resound with me enough as like an alien invasion movie which is something that i've always been from a young age like 
it's something that's been relevant to me since I was a child, right? What? Whereas, like, I feel like I can appreciate the themes of Get Out on, like, a level where I'm like, oh, those are very important, but it doesn't sort of feel like something that I could inhabit the lived experience of. Right. Whereas I think, like, this alien invasion movie is something that I could inhabit the lived experience of. And I'm obviously being critical of myself there by saying, like, it's harder for me. It's easier for me to imagine an alien invasion than it is to imagine truly experiencing racism. <laughs> but that's my upbringing. And so Fair for enough. me, I, like, mean, I got chills at the start of this movie. I love the spectacle of the thing, which is the word that Jordan Peele kept chucking around. Mm. And I think that, like I said, I think Get Out was a more kind of, like, um a uh, plain smooth plot but um but i think this is a lot more kind of ambitious and i probably enjoyed it more and if i had to watch one again i'd probably watch nope again that's wild i i think for me uh get out i'd watch i, I would watch get out 10 times i, mm. I don't think i would want to watch get nope out. again <laughs> fuck yeah brother <laughs> um i think i mean us obviously <laughs> this isn't obviously this isn't really what you meant but like i don't think that you need to have ex- I, th- I think for me like aside from the the grander point that it's making about racism and like classes like that i think the get out is also like a great psychological thriller removed from that lived experience yeah i love the yeah. evil girlfriend so- subplot type stuff like, <laughs> <laughs> i've experienced that yeah, brother exactly. i thought yeah. you were like no 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 i get it everyone's had a crazy evil girlfriend so i get it from that perspective. no like i i i like it as the thriller that it is it's I mean, just yeah, that it- if i had to choose between watching a thriller or watching an alien invasion movie i would watch an oh, alien invasion uh, movie for me i would say my 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 Jordan Peele ranking so far is Get Out right at the top. Mm. Nope, somewhere in the middle. I liked it. I liked all of the visual stuff it was doing. I thought that the character development, some of the writing left a bit to be desired, but overall cool ideas. Mm. And then I think Nope. Oh, sorry. And then I think Us, Us right at the bottom where it really didn't make much sense. In the it, shitter. It didn't feel very cohesive and it was really just like cool ideas, the movie. <laughs> yeah. Zach. Yeah, shit. Um, well, I'd put this at the top for Nope. Um, then Get Out and then Us, obviously. I, I don't know, man. Like, I've, I've acknowledged there's flaws of this film, but for some reason, this is going to be in my top films of all time. Like, it's just struck a chord with me. That's crazy, The right? The discordant writing I've managed to, to make compelling enough in my head that it's all fine. <laughs> <laughs> the director doesn't have to do the legwork I will for you maybe I'll watch it again it um, just yeah. didn't it's, it it's didn't, great for yeah, a second watch wrong, I don't know like, way. Um, but yeah I mean that's my official peel ranking I guess um, so like it's better than um any alien film I can think of, Jaws? except for the uh, all seen Jaws. Jaws. Yeah, I have. I'd say it's no, ma- no. maybe, maybe, maybe worse than Alien because I love Alien so I much. Watch Jaws, which is like the quintessential, you know, Alien film. I mean, they're very different <laughs> Alien movies. But That's yeah. right. It's really hard to compare because this film is so unique. Yeah, yeah. Because he also been a long time. derived a fair bit of inspiration that from makes that. Makes sense. He also. So I was listening to an interview uh, with him on the way here. He said, um, "Close Encounters and Jaws." So obviously Spielberg. He also took influence from. Uh, uh, Kubrick, which I kind of get, got a little bit with, like especially the horror sequences, and also like the there's some like the Shining style moments. I feel like some of the shit raining from the sky kind of bits were oh. very like yeah, Kubrick, and also Hitchcock. And so he's kind of taking a lot of inspiration from very classic horror directors. And that's what I mean. There's a lot Spielberg. of there's a lot of directors where you can say there's this cool theme and there are these mm. cool aesthetics and there's this cool vibe 
to all these different directors that I've taken. But I think in terms of a cohesive story and cohesive, concise, very well articulated character development, I think that this movie loses out on that a bit. Mm. I've only watched Close Encounters of the Third Time once when I was (laughs) quite a bit younger. Third kind. Sorry. Yeah, that was funny. And um, <laughs> I watched Close Encounters of the one Thought, time one is kind, what I was yeah. thinking. <laughs> but um, I've only watched Close Encounters once, uh, and it really missed for me. I found it boring, really boring. Yeah, um, but I think if you're if if you're a, if you I haven't seen it, but I, I if I was an adult growing up in the nineties, I imagine it would have hit it a lot yeah, harder. Exactly. Yeah. But um, oh well. but yeah. Anyway, so my point is, this is better than a lot of the source inspiration that he seems to have mm. listed for it. Um, yeah. It feels much more modern. So yeah, that's nice. Uh, well. That's probably all that we got for this week. Has anyone yeah. got any final thoughts that they would uh, be uh, very upset if they didn't no, uh, get out? It. Zach? Um, so apparently the oh eye of the creature right at the end is supposed to like resemble very first cameras, the way it kind of like shoots out. Right. Very, yeah, very I kind of got that it was meant to be like a screen or yeah. a box or well, something. Well, apparently kind. it's like the way the very first camera function it harkens right. back to like first cinematography sort of stuff. Again, I didn't find that out. My partner did, but I thought it was a cool pickup. Yeah, very cool little 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 Easter eggs that are kind of hidden cool. throughout there. It's a great film. You refer to it as the viewers. So the whole time I was watching mm. the alien, thinking like, is this like what's this meant to mean as the audience mm. yeah. of the thing? Is it's eating them? What does that mean? Haven't quite figured it out. But anyway, there's oh lots well. of homework to do. This is probably going to be the late, the, the very very latest like end spoilers time code that we've ever had in a in an episode. Nah, we just it's right. till till the end of till the, the episode. End. <laughs> that's it. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, You're welcome. That's right, Zach. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, listen to our podcast. Email us beefstationpod at gmail We've got a whole bunch of links in the rest of the uh, episode description. You can tell us what you want to watch. Uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff coming out in the movie soon. I think it's. It sounds like next week we might do uh, the George Miller Three Thousand Years of Longing movie. Mm. If not, then the movie we have decided to do will be in the description of this episode. I think we should. Yeah, let's let's do that. You should also try and watch Cronenberg. All right. Well, I'll, I'll give it my best shot. Uh, <laughs> thank you very much for joining us. We'll see you soon. I'm Oscar. Thanks, Zach. Yeah, and I was Zach. And I'm Andrew. See you later. Bye. 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 Goodbye. Hello. Bye. Goodbye.